Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I am here from the Berwick Mansion, the Pool Room Studios. We have another fantastic episode for you tonight. We just did one, actually, full disclosure, right before this. We're going back-to-back pods. For any of our repeat listeners who have been with us for a while, you know that when Mike and I do uh, multiple pods in the same night, things get a little bit hairy, all right? And, and I'm sure it's going to be similar tonight. We have an anonymous guest, and you know our anonymous guests are some of our favorites. They're the ones with the good stories, the stories that they cannot tell their employers, the stories <laughs> that they cannot tell their families, but they are here to tell you, here to share with you wonderful people. And so I'm excited to get into this tonight. This is one of my favorite bartenders that I've ever worked with, that I've ever been honored to have a drink served by. I mean, he is a classic um, a Baltimore mensch. And I say that because he goes, <laughs> he goes, he, wow. Uh, Mike, I don't know you, uh, people can't see the video feed. Mike just dropped his cigarette out of his mouth. He's so excited. It's incredible. Right. <laughs> um, no, but th- this, uh, this bartender we have tonight, I'm really excited because he goes down, uh, to the old school bars of Baltimore out to the, some of the best places in Baltimore County. And I, I w- was honored to work with him, but before we get into that, here is my wonderful feather-haired co-host, Michael Windsor. How are you tonight, sir? Really? Really? You know what? You know what this episode is? What? Episode 20, motherfucker. Oh, Lord. Five episodes. Five I feel episodes the episodes gr- until I absolutely destroy you. I feel the Grim Reaper knocking on my door right now. Exactly. And even though we have been drinking dirty Shirley's, I, I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have any Grand Marnier. I don't have the stuff because of, you just listened to the last episode, but I'm not going to get too fucked up. I only have four beers. So for an hour or two, or two that should be fine. Um, but yeah, five episodes, man. Um, I'm going to fuck let you me, up, dude. <laughs> let, let me take the baton from you really quick. Cause I need to tell you two things. Number one, the guest we have on tonight has listened to all of our pods. So he's oh. coming in seasoned, he's coming oh in prepared, my. and he knows about the bet. Okay? okay? Number two, for all of us, uh, all the listeners out there that might be hearing what I'm hearing, which is Mike slurring <laughs> his words, I want you to know he has a hall pass tonight. I fucked up. I messed up the recording on Monday. We had to do the episode with Lex twice. So if you haven't listened to episode 19, back it up. She crushed. I'm talking top three episodes that we've ever done. She came in really, really hot. Um, so please listen to that. But you'll know once you hear that, that I am the one to blame. Okay. <laughs> I'm the reason we're doing double episode duty tonight. And so that's why I'm letting Mike off the hook. He has a hall pass. If he gets a little drunk tonight, I don't want to get emails from you guys. I don't want to get DMs from you guys talking about, hey, Mike was slurring his words. Let it go. It's okay. Thank the you. bet for episode 25 is still on. You heard it here on Wax. Okay. I, you know, so I, the, I love what you said on that one episode, too. It's like a Supreme Court justice. Like, you know, when you see it, when you're talking well, about free and information. That's the famous case of Larry Flint and the Hustler Club, okay, about whether porn is art or porn is something to be censored by the federal government. And mm-hmm. as famously the Supreme Court ruled, um, it, you know you know it when you see it, when something goes beyond art and goes to a, a piece of uh, a vulgar content that it deserves some type of censorship. Yeah. I think our podcast is teetering on the edge at times. My mother would, would say – uh, that that a lot of this probably should be censored or cut out, but we will prevail. We you will know, push we, on. We, we all have access to Pornhub, and all I can really say is God bless America. <laughs> That's right. God bless America. Look, Mike, 
I would ask you what's new, but um, uh, do you have anything new to share with the people, or do you have a kind of a mindset going into this pod pulling double duty? Well, Priscilla the Hunt is going to be in here with me this time. She was out oh, hunting. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so she is, she's in here tonight. So you might hear her purring or meowing or eating well, this food. Is, this is our first kitty cat on the pod. We've had some dogs. You know, we've had Sybin. We've had uh, Django. We've had Bruca. Mm-hmm. And now we have Priscilla the Hunt, our first Kit Kat on the pod, huh? And you know what's perfect? She's actually taking a shit right now, so. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Can you describe it to us? Is it an oily No, shit? I bought one of those. Shit? I have, like, I, I bought a, like, covered litter box because I was tired of her kicking her litter all over the fucking house. Like, literally, she would just, like, throw it just as literally? far as she fucking could. Literally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally kicking her fucking That's litter. That's a kitty litter over. joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, God, I missed right. that. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah. Okay. Golf class. Okay. I have to I have to sneak in here, seeing as how we don't necessarily have a what's new section of the pod. I want to tell the listeners a little bit about the backstory of Priscilla the Hunt. So yeah. when Mike used to live in Baltimore and we lived together in Charles Village, all of a sudden one day I come home and there's a cat in the house. Okay. And I find Beautiful out cat. Beautiful. I find out that Mike and Dirty Tom have adopted a street cat. All right. And it is now going to live with us. They are, are sitting in the living room with this thing coming up with names. Now, at, I'm an animal lover. So I'm not I, – look, I don't have a cold heart. It's not that I don't want the cat in the house. It's just it felt like there should have been a conversation before Fair it was enough. already living with us not paying rent. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, as the weeks go by, I, I learn to love this cat, okay? It's cute. It's basically a kitten. You know, it's this big poofy haired cat, so it's very nice and fluffy. Calico. And she's a calico. Yeah, she's very sweet. She'll snuggle up with you on the couch. And, and yeah. look, I came to love this cat, and to this day, I do love her. If she's listening, if she can hear this right now, I don't she want her. To, yeah, I don't. I mean, she's shitting, but I, I don't want her to think that I'm talking ill against her, but I have to tell the people about the trajectory of this cat. So. We lived in a Baltimore colonial in north central Baltimore, an area called Charles Charles Village. And these are old homes. They're tall homes, it's windy staircases. It's uh it can be very very echoey at times. This cat, about three weeks into us uh, owning her, started to have a terrible, terrible skin condition. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was brought on by switching up her diet too much. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, her back broke open into this giant sore she was bleeding 24 hours of the she, day she, she was li- she was licking her literally licking her skin off of her body right all of her hair fell out of part of her back it was one of the most disgusting things i had ever oh, seen in my entire life and i was well. convinced i was convinced this cat is like disease ridden i mean this thing has been no, bitten by a, a rat it's been bitten by a rat or something we cannot have this cat in the house you guys got to get this fixed so finally tom and mike pony up they take what little money they have they take this cat to the vet, and the next day I wake up and the cat has a cone around its neck. And I'm thrilled that Mike and and Dirty Tom have dealt with the issue. Little did I know that was only the beginning of the problem. When you put a cone on a cat, and that cat lives in a colonial house where the echoes off this very strangely built building send sounds in every direction. That will very dis- very much disorient an animal like a cat, okay? This cat started taking in sounds from you talking or something from the other room, and it would go berserk. It would start darting in all these different directions. So now we have this cat, open sore on its back, bleeding off its back, 
cone around its neck, darting around the house, scratching people, going absolutely berserk. The only redeeming quality she had is at least the mice uh, were held to a minimum. That was she killed it. a fucking rat. She literally brought me yes, a rat one time from yes, the basement. She yes, she did. And now look. It, it was actually like it was like literally three minutes after we took the cone off of her from the first for the first time. She's like, "Thank you, kill a rat. Here you go. This is what's going to keep happening." If you don't every time we thought she me. had, every time we thought the wound had healed, it would open up again, well, and so it yeah. went on and it, on it really and did. on like really this. Sad. And finally, after years, I'm not talking about months. I'm talking about years of this stray alley cat cone head bullshit. Where I'm like, I just want this animal to be healthy. I don't want it to be the psycho. What looks like some zombie cat walking around my house. Oh, Finally, Michael weird. ends up moving out. He moves back to Kansas. He takes Priscilla the Hun with her, uh, with him. And since then, she has thrived. She, she got so, she got out of the big city and she got out into the plains. And she has been a healthy, happy, wonderful cat ever since. I so, visited her a couple times. I'm, I'm yeah. happy to say. She's so, in much better spirits now. I'll, I'll put a little wrap on it. I actually took her to a vet, and the vet said, "No, this is a neurological condition to where she get if she has like you know sensitive skin, and she'll get like something irritated, and she just fucks with it and fucks with it until just she just like literally will. She still to this day has a little bald spot spot on her back where she like just kept fucking with her skin." And we actually put her on what is the equivalent of Kitty Prozac for a little while, and it really. I, I get I get her a steroid shot once a year, maybe twice a year. She is absolutely fine. She is my she's like the favorite, my most favorite kitty I've ever had. I love her to death. She's such a good little cat. She sleeps with me every night, and uh, yeah, she kills them fucking mice, man. She does. Yeah, she's a, she's she's a, a kitty look. Hunter. She's a Terminator. She's a machine, and I've yeah, always absolutely. loved that about her. I just man, I'll tell you, I always assumed. Uh, that she had like kitty schizophrenia, the the way she would no, react to sounds no, in the house. she's good. I no, mean, she scared she's the living nice. hell out of me. The way that she would she would dart back and forth between rooms and like jump yeah. up on you and then run away. I mean, it was it was legitimately it's, it's, scary. It, Priscilla the Hun, and you even wrote a song about her, Baltimore Kitty in Baltimore City. Baltimore Kitty in Baltimore City. I, you know, I've got to put some of those old songs on. You the should pod bonus so content. We'll do that for some bonus content. All, all right, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We got to slow it down, and by slow it down, I mean speed it up. Let's get into the real episode here. Um, as we always tell you on the pod, we've been telling you for a couple episodes now, um, we we always want to put this disclaimer on. Mike and I love having fun. We love talking about all these crazy stories, the crazy things that happen in the bar business, but we know that this business wears on people. It is brutal. A lot of people in this business self-medicate. A lot of, of this people of people in this business deal with alcoholism, drug abuse. Please, I'm telling you, at the end of each, each episode, I'm slurring my words right now, probably not a good spokesperson, <laughs> but at the end of each episode, we are going to be posting uh, some phone numbers you can call for di direct support on alcoholism yeah. and substance abuse. It is important to us that you guys are healthy, um, that you seek out help if you need it. Again, Mike and I are always here. If you want somebody to listen to, to talk to about this, we have been through a lot of this stuff as well. We've seen how this business has broken people down, okay? So if you have any issue with these things, please email us at thebartenderrantpodcast at gmail.com or please call one of these numbers that you're going to hear at the end of the show. As always, on a little bit more positive note, we want to tell you how you can be a supporter of this podcast jump on our merch page. We got a lot of cool things coming up. It, it, you know, this pod is probably going to be released around Thanksgiving, holiday time. If you need a great gift for your friends, your family, somebody else you know that listens to this pod, please jump on. It is prodigy DTG 
com backslash the bartender rant. All right. That has all of our merch, including our newest release. By the time this pod is out, the gauntlet tee and the gauntlet uh, um, hoodie is going to be out. It is one of the coolest, coolest graphics that our graphic designer, Rachel it Campanelli, really has cool. ever really made. It's super one. awesome. Please, if you have a business, if you have something that you're trying to build that needs graphic design, reach out to Rachel. She's the best. She's got an unbelievable skill. She's got a great artistic eye, and um, she's just fantastic. That's Campaneshi Designs. We'll put that link up at the end of the pod. Um, and as always, please follow us on all of our social media feeds. That's the BRP Drink Along on Facebook and BRP Drink Along on Instagram and Twitter. And there it is. There's, There's the, the train. train right on the crew. So if you already have a drink uh, poured, you know the deal. That's a choo-choo special. God, that's that's an all drink. God, I love that train. When we get a studio one day, we're going to have to pipe in the train sound on top of it. Um, make sure, if you're a music lover, by the time you're hearing this episode, we're going to have the dates out for the Bartender Rant Happy Hour event. This is a virtual Industry happy night. hour. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome night. We're going to have some of our guests on. Mike and I are going to be there. We're all going to have some It's just, it's just going to be like a Google Google Hangout or a Zoom meeting. Just follow exactly. us and check out the link. And, yeah, just get on and fucking talk shit with us or, you know, tell us what giant pieces of shit we are. Pod. Let's listen to music. Let's have some drinks. And all of the music for that industry night is going to be songs that our guests have selected. So yep. if you're interested in the genre of music that our guests uh, are interested in, if there was a particular guest that you connected with, please make sure you're available for that event. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be at the beginning of December. Um, all right. I think that's it. Anything else you got for me, buddy? Let's rock and fucking roll. I love it. All right. Without further ado, we have a fantastic guest tonight. He is going to be anonymous. We're going to call him Richard. All right. And he Richard, has can I call him Dick? You can call him Dick. You can call him Dick. In fact, I prefer you call him Dick, Mike. You know, if... if for the rest of the pod, you better call him Dick. Um, <laughs> he has brought with him tonight two of my favorite things in the world. He has brought Natty Bo bottles, and everybody knows that knows oh. me. I love Natty Bo. I got the face tattooed on my ass cheek, and that's not a joke. And he has also brought one of the greatest liquors of all time, Grand Marnier. And so we're going to get into it with Richard. Uh, Grand Marnier and Natty Bo bottle backs. Here we go. Yeah, give us that dick. All right, guys, we are here with Rich. Uh, that's our anonymous bartender tonight. We're going to go with that name. He has brought Graham Onier and Natty Bo Bottlebacks. And- so <clears throat> excited to have him on the pod. I've been, uh, again, like a lot of our guests, chipping away at him. Um, he didn't take much convincing. So, uh, you know, he was excited to come on. He's listened to a lot of the pods, excited to what uh, to hear some of his stories tonight. How you doing, and- Rich? And- I'm doing Steve. well. How about you? Yeah, was, Come on. I know. Jesus well, Christ. that's what I was saying. Before, before you give me the dick, you gotta, you gotta tell the people a little bit about Natty Bo, because people don't know. We're gonna get into the Natty Bo. <laughs> I'm being in the rude, Dick. I apologize. You're just taking my persona. That's all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike, you know, Mike, Mike is always very excited for the dick. I can tell. He's no cock tease, that's for sure. No, we, we've never had a dick on the pod before, you know what I mean? So this is, this is I, I, kinda, I, I do I apologize. That was, that was bad timing on my part, Dick, so 
please, you know, barrel. It was in. a great start. It was a great start. I really appreciate. We it. wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. <laughs> you know, if you're a listener to this pod, you know that we don't do anything the right way. It's it's you know we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're trying to figure it out as we go. But Rich, so happy to have you on, man. I I, I can't tell you how I'm excited I am for this. I hope you're excited as well. Oh, I've been counting down the days so I could spill all the beans. I'm yes. ready to go. Ready to rock yes. and roll. Yes. I'm sure some of those beans are going to be at my expense. Uh, Possibly, yeah. Some of those beans, we're going to have uh, the same targets. I know we uh, we have the, we have the same gripes about a lot of people, too. Yes. Um what, what was it that really convinced you, like, I have to come on and I have to, mm-hmm. I have to do this podcast? So I've been out of the industry since uh, probably around Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, uh, before, uh, before COVID. And so this is going to be released around Thanksgiving. Look at that. It's just so, my... so he means Thanksgiving of the year before. It's been almost almost 12 yeah, months. 2020. Been... Thanksgiving That's 2020, which is actually when this podcast started. Yeah. It's wow. just it's almost a year old at this point. So what's the saying? When a, a door closes, a window opens, or something like that. <laughs> a podcast starts. That's right. Exactly right. So me getting 86, there you go. There it just is. started the chain of events. That's you know? what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. A bell rang and an angel got its wings. And uh, we started this podcast. Right? Um, no, but man, so excited to have you on. So what, uh, again, you got out of the business. You were saying that what really motivated you to be on. Uh, just there are a lot of. I know we have a lot of stories that stand out and some of them are more wild and crazy, but, you know, just being in the industry for 12 years was, yeah. you know, a huge part of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was during a time when I was in my mid twenties when I started. So, you know, it kind of formed me to who I am today and yeah. just being able to go back through, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think that's, what's really exciting. Pick up the pieces. <laughs> exactly right. From some of the stories I don't remember forever be gone, you know, so. You know, what's interesting is one, this pod will jar your memory. I will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and number two, uh, you know, for anybody out there that works in corporate America, you know, if you've ever quit one of your jobs in corporate America, you have what's called an exit interview. Unfortunately, in the service business, when you finally get out, there is no moment in time where you get to say your piece at the funeral <laughs> of your service career. That's what I kind of like the show to be for people like Rich is he can come on and he can finally exercise the demons. Get some, get some closure. Get some closure. Get some closure. That's correct. Because right. because the service industry is a fickle bitch. And I'll tell you what, she will she will bring you the highest highs and the lowest lows. But when you're done with her, it's like a relationship you can never forget. She has marked you. She what's has that, marked you. What's it that still hurts the sin. <laughs> <laughs> what's that Patton Oswald bit where he's like, uh, she can be a tireless lover or a rapacious witch? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and, and that's and that's the thing. You know, I think a lot of people that either are still in the business and feel like they need to vent or are out of the business and feel like they need that closure. That's mm-hmm. that's what this platform is. So um, it's one of the reasons why um, I knew we needed to have you on. But I feel like uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way. There was a little bit of afterthought to it. Mm-hmm. Like when we when we started this pod, I didn't necessarily go to your name. Uh, top of the list. And and I think it's because I've always thought as, of you as a very um, thoughtful guy, um, not necessarily a private guy, but somebody that under uh, that has couth, you know, somebody that understands the difference between um, what you say in front of a customer or what you say in front of people at the bar strategically. Right. So I always kind of had it in the back of my head, you know, would be great on this. Rich would be in fantastic on the pop. But I don't know if he'd want to do it. 
And so I think it's a timing thing. The fact that you're out of the business, you're a year out. This is this is it. This is when you were meant to be on here. And when you first signed me up and said I'd come on, you know, I had the initial rush of just jotting everything down. And I, <laughs> and I think it was every day up until today. I was like, oh, I forgot that. Well, you have no idea how happy you made Mike because Mike, you know, our favorite guests are the ones that take notes. That's God, right, baby. Right. <laughs> now, we cannot tell you Rich's name, his real name, and we cannot tell you what he really does for work. That's one of the reasons why we have to keep it anonymous. But, um, you know, the fact that he comes prepared tonight does not shock me considering his day job. <laughs> he comes very prepared, and I love that about him. Um, without further ado, let's get into the drink because I know Mike and I already started with a pod before this, but mm-hmm. it's, it's time to really get this thing ramped up. And so – one of the things that brought you and I together was the drink that we're going to be having tonight. So why don't you tell the people mm. what you selected um, as our drink this evening? So being a master mixologist, I had to go <laughs> with a Grand Marnier. Yeah. Has to be neat. Okay. Can't be chilled. All right. Mm-mm. Very important. Say it again. Cannot be chilled. Thank you. Thank you. Don't you dare put any fucking ice in my Grand Marnier. <laughs> Christ almighty. Do not. That's a no-no. If we're going to jump Grand right Marnier into fight cold, stories here. <laughs> yeah, if Grand Marnier is cold, it better be in a gold margarita right. or get the hell out of my bar. And even there, I'm kind of shaking my hand a little it's bit. I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> And then Natty Bow bottle. You yep. know, it's always, it was always a great shift drink at the end. Of 100%. Life, so so and, here's, and I love- here's where I fucked up at the beginning of the episode, but please tell the people about Natty Bow. Okay. So, you know, before, just quickly before I do that, when I texted Rich about what he would bring on the pod, I said, hey, what are you thinking? You know, I want to go out and get the ingredients. I want to get prepared. And he texted me, like the way he crafted the text was so perfect. He goes, GM, he writes GM, and anybody that drinks Grandma Nye knows Mm -hmm. what that acronym is. Uh, And he goes, GM with a Natty Bow bottle back. Nice. And it was just that little that little um, alliteration. Wow, had a tough time. With that. uh, that's all right. Yeah. A tough time He's been him. drinking too. He's been drinking <laughs> too. By the way, that's my vocabulary word for the day. I've just been trying to find a way to sneak it in. I like it. Yeah. Very nice. So uh, alliteration, <laughs> alliteration. That Natty Bow bottle back. <laughs> Bow bottle back. Uh, that was such a great phrase. And so um, for anybody out there that drinks like a Boilermaker or likes to do a shot of whiskey or a shot of tequila with a drink behind it, I kind of mm. like the reverse. We're doing tonight, the leader is the GM, Mm -hmm. and the Natty Bow is the chaser, which I love. So uh, for those of you who don't know about Natty Bow, it's a Baltimore classic. It was originally brewed by the Gunther Brewing Company in northeast Baltimore in the Brewers Hill District, which is now more or less northeast Canton. Now, unfortunately, because the beer and alcohol business has gone crazy and there's been all these different mergers and acquisitions and bullshit like that, it has been bought by the Miller Coors Company, all right, the rights to producing Natty Bow. I, I don't want to spend so much time on the history of our cocktail and Natty Bow. I really want to focus on GM. But just quickly before we have you pour us up some GMs, I do want to tell the people that there has been a murder. That's right, a tragedy. And here's what it is. For years, the Natty Bow was the quintessential symbol of shit-ass local beer in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we all knew from the Natty Bow is that if you got a Natty Bow in a glass bottle, the bottle mm. cap would have a riddle underneath yeah. the cap. Now, these a pic- riddles A picture be, riddle. Right. 
would be a series of symbols. Think of them almost as like uh, Sailor Jerry style tattoos, mm. um, uh, you know, pieces of pop culture, everything from a lucky charm to, you know, uh, a picture of like a moon. But the point is you would have to interpret this this set of images to a, a common phrase or colloquialism. And it was a fun game. Anytime yeah. you got your natty bow, you'd flip your cap, you'd compete with your friends who could figure it out first. And there were Dude, hundreds of these, almost over Steve, 400 different ones. Steve, I still have one that says there's no place like home. That's right. There's no place like home. I'm and from so, Kansas, and, by the way. <laughs> you uh, didn't know. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so there's no place I like home. That. I still I, have that bottle cap. i listened to the pod. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, you know, it's funny you should bring that one up, Mike, because my dream is to get a bunch of my favorite Natty Bow phrases tattooed on me, but as the symbols in yeah, Sailor absolutely. Jerry style tattoos. And that'd be a perfect one. Just for you. put them but, all on your ass. There's plenty of room. There is. There is. I have a fat <laughs> booty. I got a, a big old tokus. Once again, uh, the OnlyFans, ladies and gentlemen. Just <laughs> Yeah, see Steve twerk. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, <laughs> no, but... Uh, but the biggest, the reason I say that there's been a murder, that there has been a tragedy, is when Miller Coors bought Natty Bow, they kept everything the same. It was the same label. It was the same production. It was the same riddles on the bottle caps until the fall of 2020, where Miller Coors made the decision to discontinue printing the riddles on the Natty Bow glass bottles. Jesus Christ. This is a beer that's only distributed to one region of the country. And Miller Coors made a decision to destroy a relationship that an entire region of people have with a beer. Why? To save a few shekels. And now this beer is distributed with clearly Miller uh, sorry, a Coors Light silver bottle caps on top of this Natty Bow bottle whose color scheme is red, white, and gold. Jeez. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. And frankly, Miller Coors, you should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. Ashamed of yourselves that you did this to this beautiful beer. Oh. I've been waiting for the opportunity to light <laughs> you on fire say. on this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say. And I will go to the grave. I will go to the grave trying to resurrect the riddles on these bottle caps. It, it is. is an absolute travesty of justice that you have done this to the people of Baltimore. Yeah. I can tell, and man, your face, you. your face right now. You're, you're not fucking around. Like he's Steve is upset. Steve is it genuinely upset. It hurt me in my heart. <laughs> and, uh, and I just can't let it go. You know, I have a great story about Natty Bo bottles. The first beer I ever served for my first bartending shift was a Natty Bo bottle. Is that right? And I popped the tap open. I handed it to the guy. And I was about to throw out tap the top because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. He goes, whoa, what are you doing? I said, I'm throwing out this. I'm going to take your money over. He goes, no, no, no. Give me the top. Give me the cap. I said, why? And I had no idea at the time. And he showed yeah. it. And I was I, I understand. I understand yeah. why we're selling so many Natty Bow bottles. That experience <laughs> that you had, that experience that you had is uh, what we would always use as a good differentiator of a good bartender or a bad bartender in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or or an, an experienced bartender. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. But, you know, I can't tell you how many times I went to a Baltimore bar, I ordered a Natty Bow, and they threw away the bottle cap before they even came over to me. They took it off, threw mm -hmm. it away, and then present the beer in front of me. And it's just like you've all right, right. you've lost my respect right off the bat. I'm not going to undertip you. I'm not going to be rude to you. But 
we could have had a relationship. We could have grown as people, you and I, and it'll never happen. It, it just won't because you threw away my Natty Bow bottle cap. And, and really, in, in a metaphoric sense, that's what Miller Coors has done. They've thrown away my goddamn Natty Bow bottle cap. Oh, I won't stand by this. I won't stand by this. So Beautiful. So anyway, take about, this as a about, moment about to boycott Miller Day. Coors, all of you out there. <laughs> The mountains are not blue. No, no, they're not. <laughs> They'll never turn blue again in my life. So, so about GM. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, uh, okay. It's all right. You're good. Rich, good why don't you pour us up some GMs? <laughs> Let's get in better spirits here. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about your love for GM, uh, why you fell in love with this drink, and then I'll, I'll tell the people a little bit about the history of the drink. So um, the reason why I chose to uh, do GM was – um, the bar that I worked at downtown in Fells, mm. uh, was very close to a bar called One-Eyed Mike's. Oh, and okay. Okay. We've had a One-Eyed Mike's bartender on here. Yes. Yes. So Couple back in the day, the owner, uh, Mike Marazzini, he was the owner at the time. He was just a Fells Point legend. At one time, he actually tried to run for mayor because he was just sick of all the shit that was really? going on down there. Nice. Yeah. Um, Mike GM just... for everyone. That's his platform. <laughs> yes, yes. That's Mike. a political platform we could all get behind. He had my vote, I'll tell you what. So, um, but after my very first shift, the owner of my bar was sitting at One-Eyed Mike's with Mike and a whole bunch of the Fells Point regulars. So going into that bar, and for those of you who don't know, One-Eyed Mike's is a place where you can become a member, and you have your mm-hmm. very own Grand Marnay bottle. Mm-hmm. And just coming into that bar and feeling that sense of community after you've served somebody and after you see people around, it's just, it's a little, Fells Point is a little island. And mm-hmm. after my first shift, being able to go in there and share a GM and talk to people and shoot the shit, I mean, it just made it all worthwhile. It, it's mm-hmm. the part of the, you know, it's the part of the bartending community that people love. It's just that being able to talk to one another yeah. and yeah. from different Yes. The camaraderie, man. It's it's special. It feels, you know, uh I don't I think it was Meg McCoy who told us on one of our very first pods that we did that there are three places in your life. There's work, there's home, and there's where you find a society. There's that special yeah, the place thir- for you. The third space. The third space where you find community. And right. a lot of time for a lot of so many people, that's their local watering hole. Mm-hmm. That's the establishment that they love and the oasis. when uh when Rich talks about one-eyed mics like that, it, it truly is that. You know, it's a place that Mike and I have found community. We found friends. It's a it's a whole. It's small. You know, it's yeah. it's beautiful inside, but it's small. Mm-hmm. It's intimate. It's yeah. warm when it's cold out. Yes. It's an oasis in a bar district that's un, you know that's wonderful, but a lot of times maybe uh, too many frat brats and craziness, yeah. and yes. it feels like you can sneak off the beaten path. And just mm-hmm. duck into one-eyed mics and have that moment with the person you're with or your group of friends or even a quiet drink with the bartender. And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, to this day, my favorite old-fashioned in the world is the one-eyed mics uh, uh, flame torch old-fashioned where they mm-hmm. torch it right in front of you, melt that sugar cube on the orange rind on top of the drink, drop it into the drink. The presentation, um, the taste, it's just it's outstanding. So that's a special place, no doubt. Yes. Um, so we got our GMs poured up. Why don't we cheers here? Cheers. 
Gross. I'm drinking Miller High Life, motherfuckers. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Steve's fault. I didn't have time to go get fucking GM. The gas station near me doesn't serve GM, unfortunately. But they got Miller High Life, the champagne of beer. So. Oh, that's so good. So for those of you who have not drank GM before, it's 10-year-aged cognac. Okay, so a fine, fine um, uh, liqueur that has some of the elements of like a whiskey um, or like a single, even a single malt scotch. And that's mixed with orange liqueur. Mm-hmm. So it is this high potency alcohol. It's a hundred proof, but it has this mm-hmm. unbelievable citrus orange flavor with the cleanest finish. So smooth. It might be the only liquor I can take warm. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. With you. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Comfortably, I should say. I could take any liquor warm. That's right. <laughs> If you have to, you know, um, and so it, it has, um, it's singular, you know, uh, there are other, uh, obviously orange liqueurs that are used as mixers, things like triple sec, Contro. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of cognacs, obviously we know Vsop and, um, uh, Hennessy and, and, and all these other, um, high end whiskey based liqueurs and single malts. But this is a singular drink. Right. It, it stands alone as something that's not been replicated. Even if you go to some of the other liqueurs, like in Amaretto, you know, you can you have all the different companies that produce their baseline Amaretto, um, and then you still have Di Sirota, right? And we could go one after another. Like you, you take something like Campari, that's obviously like a cranberry liqueur, like a dry cranberry liqueur. There's ten, you know, while Campari is the original, there's ten other ones that do this. Nobody does what Grand Marnier does. It is a unique, singular drink that you have to try to understand. And it does that, it's, it's not syrupy. So many liqueurs are syrupy, and it's not syrupy. It, it, it finishes so clean as far as mouthfeel and taste. That's mm-hmm. that's one of the best things about it. I'm glad you touched on that particular yeah. point. Tell, tell, I, tell us more about the mouthfeel. Well, I went, <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole on Grand Marnier. Okay, as we always do in the history section. And, you know, this is obviously a French liqueur um, being a cognac. um, And, and, you know, the name says it all, Grand Marnier, right? right? It has obviously the French connotation there. But I really wanted to understand maybe like the history of why this drink became popularized. And I stumbled upon a really interesting piece of information. There was actually a similar type of liqueur that was floating around France, specifically around Paris, in the early 1800s, mid 1800s, and it, was, it became popularized to to mix cognac with citrus, lemon citrus like Italian lemoncello, right. or some type of other citrus like orange liqueur. But what made this particular drink popularized was a, a venue that showcased it, and. Obviously, anybody that knows Grand Marnier and the bottle, it's this mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful, um, old school, rounded bottle, slim neck. It has uh, wax stamp. The, has the wax yes. stamp on it, and it has this beautiful red ribbon. So it, it has a connotation of being upscale. Well, the reason why is because the first person to ever name this drink Grand Marnier and consistently serve it um, in the form we know it today was Caesar Ritz. That last name might be familiar to you because that is the Hotel Ritz Paris. Wow. When we talk about putting on the Ritz and we talking about the Ritz <laughs> Hotel, you're talking about Grand Marnier. Mm. Um, so it was Caesar Ritz who apparently first came up with the name Grand Marnier 
um, as a drink that he would serve at the Hotel Ritz on the French Riviera to all of the uh, ship captains and sailors as like a top-notch liqueur. Um, I found that absolutely fascinating yeah, that, that it's is. not just as, it's not that just this drink has a connotation of class um, in its flavoring um, and, and with the aging of the actual al- alcohol, it also had a crash, like a car crash in history with this unbelievably classy individual and his brand. And wow. that's what, that's what made Grand Manier this like this iconic, iconic drink worldwide as class standard um, and a unique singular drink that can't be replicated. You know, so. I've got to say, Steve, I give you so much shit on this podcast, but bravo, my friend. You you are a goddamn <laughs> podcaster. You. We better make this fucking work because you're in your goddamn element, man. You you do such a great job. I was telling, born to yell in the I'm, microphone for money. That's I'm just what, saying, that's man, you do here. such a great job of telling these stories of the history of the liquors and the drinks. That's so intriguing, and I love hearing about it. Can I can I take a quick aside? Um, I was having a conversation. I was having lunch with my mother the other day, and we all know she's a big listener to the pod. And you know, she mentioned that her favorite part of the podcast is the history of the cocktails. Mm. And she told me that her favorite um, uh, segment of the cocktail history that we've ever had on the pod was you doing Boulevard, which we gave you so much <laughs> shit for. But my mom, my mom is she is a scientist by trade she's a a, a woman who loves information and education and she was furious at me that that me and the boys from trauma parlor interrupted you she wanted she wanted to hear your whole dissertation on boulevard she wanted you to keep going and uh and i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll let mike talk more i swear they're they're a cool company man I appreciate you saying that about the that you know my little dips into the history of the cocktails. Yeah, because you're not even reading anything, man. You're doing a great job. Well, I use <laughs> I use my spark notes. I use my spark notes. But, all right, before we get into the drink, then, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of let go here. I'm gonna tee you up, and then I'm gonna run and get us more natty bows. That sounds I'm, great to me. Fortunately, I didn't set out enough for us. That's God, fine. I wish I had um, a natty bow, man. So, <laughs> you and I Such know a good because. Beer. Oh, you, it is. You and I know. I mean, you're obviously out of the the service industry now, but you and I know from being people that were juggling a day or two a week. I mean, that's how yes. we met. That's how we met. Yes. Was you were juggling a day a week? We happened to be on that same day, and we had our day jobs as well. Right. Um, we're burning the candles at both ends. That LinkedIn is a place where we flex, right? Where we talk about our careers. This is the drinking. Yes. All right. So we want to hear how'd you first ever get into the industry. Where did you start position-wise and kind of where did you work up to from there? And then where are you now? If you're out of the business and we know that you are, kind of tell us a little bit how you, you got out. Right. So um, kind of funny. I was on a co-ed soccer team and uh, I was had the inclination. I was like, I really want to bartend. Living in Fells Point, going out, seeing the bartenders, how they – were interacting with all the patrons. I was like, this looks like a job that I would love. Like being around alcohol. I obviously loved alcohol. I was in my early 20s. So I was like, this is great. Like I want to try this. But being uh, a bartender in Fells or Canton, sometimes it's very difficult to get in because there are a lot of lifers down there. There are a lot of people who have their job. They yeah, have that's their an understatement. <laughs> you know, they've been working them for 20 plus years. And they'll fight you to the death for that shit. Right. There's no way in hell you're getting one of their shifts. So uh, ends up that I'm on a soccer team with 
one of the co-owners of the first bar I ended up working at downtown. Uh, I didn't have any experience. She was like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it ended up, it ended up being, all right, well, if you want to go get some experience and come back, that's fine. I took that as, all right, well, I'm going to go to bartending school and not necessarily to know the operations, but I wanted to go in there with an arsenal of drinks. I wanted mm -hmm. to, to know the amount of drinks because I know the negative connotation that comes with bartending school. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go to bartending school thinking they know all the shit they need right. in order to come in when in reality, mm -hmm. when you're slammed. You don't have a fucking clue. You're just in the weeds. You have no idea what to do, what to prioritize. No, I, I know how to make all of those drinks. I do. Right. right. Well, can you make 12 of them right now? No, you can't because you're making them in a slow, very static environment. Uh, so I went there just to get as much knowledge as I could. Mm -hmm. Went back to her. One of the bartenders ended up actually quitting and she was kind of stretched thin. So I started out as a bartender in a Fells Point bar. It was a... I would call it, you know, one of the smaller bars in Fells Point. So um, is this the one that I know you from in Fells? The one on, on right in the middle of Fells Point. It's the only one I worked at in Fells Point. Broad, broad and fleet. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it is Ooh, a so small bar. So mysterious. Gonna, why don't oh, we call? Dick. Why don't we call oh, the B, We'll call. We'll call the B, the BF bar. The BF. Yes. The BF what, big, bar. Big broad and fleet. Bar? You idiot! I just said it. Okay. BF. All right. Fuck off. My best friend's bar. <laughs> That's right. Lots of best friends. So the bar is literally... You're my best friend, Michael. <laughs> fuck off, Steve. I love, fuck yourself. I love you. <laughs> Go fuck I love yourself. you, Michael. I love you. That sounds like best friend talk, to be quite honest with <laughs> So I walked in. I shadowed for about two weeks, and then I had my first shift. Um, the bar was literally 12 seats. Four high tops in the bar area. It opened up to a dining room with about 10 tables in the back. Very similar, honestly, to one eyed mics. Yes. Yeah. As far as uh, shape. Yeah. Yes. No, really. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, very, it very reminiscent. Extremely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I loved working there for the fact that once I got my knowledge is that I didn't have a bar back. We bust and, you know, we bust our own tables. We served our own food because it was small enough where two bartenders could handle could that. Could handle it. Yeah. Right. And the kitchen was right in between the bar and the dining room. So us as bartenders, we wouldn't have, we would just split our tips. It was very simple and we could do all the work. We helped each other out. Mm -hmm. So just being in that environment, especially with such a good brunch, like brunch is high paced. Really? Oh my gosh. We, I've never actually been to brunch there. Oh, legit. Phenomenal. I had no idea. Phenomenal. So I've eaten there plenty of times. Yes. But it's, it's honest to God, I would always eat there as a lunch patron because I would work, you know, I work yes. in the district over in Canton. So I would yes. come, I would come over there for lunch or, um, when I worked in the city at my old job, I would, I would pop my, my buddies and I would walk over there and we would have lunch. Right. But I've never had brunch there. Uh, you, you know, I haven't been back, uh, recently, probably for, recently, but you know, brunch there is phenomenal because it's probably Interesting. 45 minutes to an hour table time. You're flipping them over and they're seated right away. So you're turning things real quick. Mm. The, the, reason yeah. I, the reason I keep interrupting you here is because if anybody knows anything about the Baltimore restaurant scene, one oh, of the yeah. most underrepresented pieces of cuisine that we have is breakfast. There is like five decent breakfast places. And I, I, I'm not saying 
that there aren't places with good breakfast food, but that doesn't necessarily qualify you as a decent breakfast place. I can't or, wait or to a brunch place. Especially. For example, Blue Moon, love you. Blue Moon, fantastic. Food's good. Guess what? I'm not waiting for two fucking hours no, on a sure. Saturday or Sunday morning. And and guess what? Your table seating is so small, and I have a party of eight with me. I can't get in there. So hey, at least me, got the mannequins yes. to look at. <laughs> I need to be able to. I need to be able to. See, well, no, that's paper moon. That's paper moon. I'm talking right. about it's one of the moons. Fuck off, Steve. Keep that's, going. So there's only so many good breakfast places. I mean, we've talked about Chuck's Trading Post on here. We talked about Paper Moon. We talked about Mama's on the Half. Yeah. I didn't know that that uh, BF did a good brunch. I loved having Blue Moon close as because a, as a spillover. We mm. grabbed so oh, many, especially wow, on really? nice days, because we had seating on the sidewalk. So people would wander by. We couldn't get in. They couldn't get in. So they'd say, oh, let's sit here and have a few drinks. And this was before bottomless mimosas too. Interesting. Good. So people would come to drink. They would hang out. And they would be like, oh, we're here. Why not just get brunch? Because yeah. I would Fuck always it, yeah. set menus in front of them. And after yeah. they're drinking, they're like, I don't feel like going back there. What are you here? <laughs> no. you, know, you know? So it ended up working out perfectly. It was great. All right. So Dick. I didn't mean br- to derail your story. No, no, no you're Dick, fine. Dick, best brunch drink. Go. For this purpose, the mimosa. And let me tell you why. All clueless people out there see you hook them up with a good mimosa <laughs> by pouring champagne and like a little splash of That champagne juice. is $2 for that bottle. Little do they know, we're <laughs> saving the bar money because we're pouring that much champagne yes. and doing a little bit of OJ. We're, we're cost effective right there. And the people are like, oh man, he's hooking me up. I'm like, no sucker. <laughs> I'm not helping us out. Now, when you, when you make your mimosas for yourself, and this has been a point of contention personally for me, I have to make my mimosas with an orange liqueur. I have to put a shot of triple second by mimosas. I can do with or without. I, because of working in that environment, have to do mine with ice. I can't do it without ice. Fair enough. I That's have solid. to do it with ice. Yeah. And so people well, get offended you... when I make mimosas at home with ice. They're like, I don't want that. It's like, well, that's all I know. I'm sorry. Well, you know, you know, you know what that comes from? And I'm being dead serious. As a guy that's opened a lot of bars on Saturday and Sunday morning for brunch, that's because the bartender came in late and hung over and <laughs> there, none of his champagne got on ice. Okay. That champagne is coming out of a cardboard box at, at room temperature as fuck. And, and, and if you want it in your drink with no ice, go for it. Right. Live your life. Live your life. I'm not going to tell you who you are. You're, but you know what like, I want? I want a little bit of crispiness to it. Yes. I want a little bit of ice on that shit. <laughs> I was going to say something, but no, I can't. Just keep now, I think what I think what Mike was really trying to get at, Mike, Mike, please chime in here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, besides the drink that you can sell to a patron, mm. um, do you have a favorite brunch drink in general mm-hmm. is it a go are you a go-to mo- is that what you meant is, are you a go-to mimosa guy is that what you're trying to get at mike yeah 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 like what's your go-to brunch drink so i always like to start out with a cinnamon toast crunch i don't know what it is really it's uh that's uh uh it's uh, a breakfast shot yeah yeah but it, it, it's fucking fireball and you can do it. it you can do it so we well, God, used to you. let him let him do it himself let him do it himself. He can do it. <laughs> you can do it. We believe I got a you. Pass. Gelada. Rum shot. Rum shot. What'd you call it? Gelada? <laughs> I like gelada wow. too. That's another good it was really drink. drink. God, yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm going to yes. push you down so, when I see you, you piece of shit. <laughs> so at the bar we were at, we made it with rum shot, Kahlua, and a little bit of milk. Oh, Ooh, so, like so, that. Oh. Rum chata glue and some milk. See, I always had it as rum chata and fireball. 
So that's another so way to make the, it. Where's the cinnamon? Yeah. You you get you somehow get that flavor out of it. Mm. I have no idea, but just that combination, you get a little bit out of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So we have we we gotta kind of probably wrap up the drinking uh, sometime soon <laughs> at a reasonable level. So sure. I know we've gone Fuck on you, a little Steve. bit of tangent here. No, no, it's okay. I loved everything. <laughs> I loved every. Kidding. I loved you most of all. I love you most of all. Um, I know we've gone on a little bit of tangent here with the brunch drinks, but um, so you're you're down at BF. That's kind of how you. I, it sounds like that's your first ever bartending experience. First ever service. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you had come up before that. That's really that's your first time. You see some shit when you work downtown. God damn you know, right. See some shit. God damn right. And I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna be getting into the, some of, some of the stuff you saw on the gauntlet. Yes. But where where do you go from there? So from there, um, I reach out to a place in the county um, where you. Is that where you went straight from there to the? I worked six years at this first place. What do you want to call? Six years at the second place. What do you want to call nice. the, the second place? Um, place number two. <laughs> yeah, we'll call, number two, which is very fitting. So uh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for so many reasons, for so many reasons. Let's just call it place number two. So I got my foot in the door there, and number um, two. And and luckily for me, as we talked about before, like I'm not a full time employee, so it's a little bit easier for someone like me to get my foot in the door to at these come places. and to go and to have the shifts you want and to make the money you want and 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 you know for all you bartenders out there that are split in time, maybe between multiple bars or day job mm-hmm. and 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 the bartending job, you need to realize how blessed you are to be able to come and go and not be so tied to the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope that you're like our guest tonight because Rich worked his ass off every second he was in place number two. That cannot be said for every bartender that splits time. A lot of people that split time, they half-ass one of one or the other. Rich, thank God, put in his due, no matter whether he's working one shift a week or five shifts a week. Um, if you're one of those people out there, make sure you know. Make sure you know in your heart, like, you don't have to put up with the seven-day-a-week bullshit of that joint, and you better put in your due. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's – I'm going to get off my soapbox now. No, so. you're good. No, <laughs> but I agree. It's – you know, it doesn't matter where you work. Being somewhere for that long, it, it does take a toll on you. Yeah. So it's refreshing for me to be able to go in one day or depending on if I pick up shifts two or three days a week and do a good job, and then I leave. I just leave it all because – you know, I'm right working there. elsewhere. Yeah. So that definitely helps. In retrospect, does uh, what you just said, being able to leave it there, do you compare that to your day job at all? You know, I, and I think that's what makes a good bartender is compartmentalizing things. Yeah. You know, you go to a, a table and they're a great table and you go to another table and they're a shitty table. You go to the back, you motherfuck a few times and you go back to that good table and take that. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just the way it is. You got to put it, you got to, you got to be able to push that shit down. Mm-hmm. It's very in the moment. Yeah. Yes. So, so you end up at, you end up at number two mm-hmm. and you're there for like six years, six years. And, um, what, what are you doing there? Like, what's your regular shift? Your regular, are you serving bartending? Like what's the deal? There? So bartend. Uh, I had a regular shift for uh, Sundays, um, so football, which is a big thing. Steve we shared, I, we yeah. shared for a long time. Yeah, that was a great shift. Frustrating at times, but it was a great shift. It was one of those shifts where it was uh, Rich and I flying, no bar back, one cook, no manager, 
you know, at times you felt dickless just trying to piss. Anarchy. You know what I mean? That's complete the, anarchy. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty I much. mean, that's where you're going to make your money when you're just running around the whole time, you know? No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. That's that's another. I hate to keep keep trying to give life lessons here. We're an hour into this pod. But, like, look, if you find yourself at a bar and it's bare bones, there's a decent chance you're going to make good money. Oh, yeah. It's a decent chance. So, right. Um, so you're out of the business now. Yes. All right. And it's been over a year. Do you miss it? Oh uh, yeah, very much so. You know, yeah. I have my ways where I have kind of take, I, I took what I did and I kind of, you know, brought it into my life in different yeah. parts. But do you find that you spend more money weekly because instead of bartending, you happen to be available to go to a bar? Um, so here's how I've coped. <laughs> I have a lots of grand money. <laughs> yes, I have a fridge in my basement which yes. is fully stocked of beer, wine, liquor, chasers, everything. I'm coming over stocked. your place. Yes, please do. He's <laughs> gonna be here in two weeks. I have a fully stocked bar, and I have a basement that has five TVs where I watch college football and everything. Well, I gotta, I gotta pull this up. This yes, is uh, he doesn't care. He doesn't. This give is shit about sports. This is worthy. This is worthy of it. But you know your boy. You know your boy loves the sports. So I literally. And I know, I know, I know. Rich loves a little bit of juice on uh, on the game. You know, a little bit of action from time to time. So Wait, we coped for. Uh, oh, I love the gamble. Yeah. There's oh, nothing like okay, okay. This motherfucker was just in Vegas, in Vegas last week. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, gamble, yeah. but not with money. Oh. <laughs> just with your life? life. <laughs> and other people's. <laughs> well, while, you you're, while you're pulling that up, that's a fantastic close to the drinking category. We probably have to keep it moving here. Let's do what we do next. For all you listeners out there, you know what I'm about to do to our boy Rich. I'm about to throw him right into the furnace, all right? Are you ready, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. I feel like you, <laughs> you more than most, have come battle-tested. You know, most of our guests have either come and said, I've never listened to an episode, or <laughs> I listened to the one episode you sent me. This motherfucker walks in the house and goes, I've listened to every episode. <laughs> I got notes. I'm ready to go. So I'm excited to put him through the gauntlet. I'm excited to get into this shit. Without further ado, here's our top 10. Here is The Gauntlet. All right, Rich, you can't run, you can't hide, you have to do it. All right? Oh, yes. This is The Gauntlet. Question number one. Pet peeves and misconceptions. Tell us all about the things that customers or other servers do that you hate, pet peeve wise, or misconceptions that people might have about the service industry. So I will say this one misconception that I really liked being real thorough with, you know, the orders, whether it's drink order or food order, is if you're picky up front with me, that is a great thing. I'm not guessing about what you like. I'm not guessing about oh, how you want great. to drink. I like this. If you're upfront and picky, that's awesome because I can make sure you get what you want. Right, 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 right. So this is actually, this is not a pet peeve at all. Right. This is a, a misconception. misconception. People For think sure. if I go into a restaurant and want things a certain way, that's not 
changing the menu or being crazy, then that's going to be frowned upon. I'm going to, I'm going to test you here. Okay. Okay. How many times have you walked up to a table and this is what comes out of the mouth of a patron? I'm going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to be difficult. Right. Right. That's what they say. And you know what? I respond back to them. Thank you. Right. (laughs) I'd rather you tell me now all the little eccentricities about you and your order than tell me when I can't stop it. Yes. Because if you put your order in, if you put your order in now and then 20 minutes from now when I'm about, when I'm plating and I'm about to hit the table that you have all these little specialty things that you need. That's side of mayo. That's when we have a problem. Right. That's when we have a problem. But constantly do you, what, what else do you hear? You have to hear, um, you have to hear those. Like I'm going to be difficult, right? That's like right. the classic one. Oh yeah. What else do you hear? Or something like, um, I just being specific right off the bat, like people would take that as like being an asshole or something like that. You know, if they're stern and like rigid about it, but it's like, right. Oh, that's great. You know what you like. And I can deliver, like I can deliver that. That's not a okay. Problem. So that's a good point. It, it, it's those people that are super clear, right? They might even be a dick about it, right? They're not even t- like I was talking about the people that are trying to be like overly nice. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm like, please don't feel like you need to be overly nice. Just tell me. It's almost better if you're like, hey, here, the, you know, if somebody, if I walk up to a table and they're like, all right, cocksucker, this is what I want, but then they, <laughs> but then they list out exactly what they want. I'm like, okay, I don't like you. But thank you. Right. (laughs) They're probably a dick because the person who got it for him the last few times didn't deliver. You know, like that's my thought about it. Right. So I like you're a goddamn optimist, Dick, is what you are. I love it. No, no, no. It's a a conversation about precision. I mean, Mike, you and I always bring up that you love um, taking orders by seat. Right. Mm -hmm. So to make sure things come out to the right guests properly. So it's not food shopping when it comes out to the table. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like, I want people to be deliberate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the word really is decisiveness, mm-hmm. deliberate. I want you I, – I think this also falls into a different pet peeve category when we've had a lot of people on the pod talk to us about um, a customer saying, I'm ready to order. Right. And then when you're like, okay, and you pull out your pad and they're like, hmm, what do I want? What do I want? What do you exactly. want? What do you want? And they're not really ready. That's that's a whole nother ball game. I don't care how much of a dick you're being if you're being deliberate. Right. And this saves you time, especially if you get in the weeds later. It's a time saver. Like you're yeah. able it's not something you have to double back and make another trip to do. And do we, yeah. do we have if they, to, if they yeah. decide all of a sudden that they want their fucking check split, you can do it. Right. right. And exactly. do we, and do we have to say this? Uh, I, I don't know if we need to, but, uh, you know, might as well. If you're very clear about what you want, it's hard for you to dispute it later. Right, exactly. I can say, (laughs) we had this conversation. (laughs) Right. We talked about this shit. Like right. I've got witnesses, all right? They're sitting <laughs> all around you. I recorded this conversation. Tell it, to, tell it to the judge. Tell it to the judge. <laughs> all of a sudden, the server pulls out a gavel. He's pounding on it. <laughs> How does this happen? <laughs> well, maybe if you're at a crab house, that would work. Right. Ah, like that. <laughs> I'm still here. All right. Number two, best tips, worst tips. And these are top of the line, bottom of the line. It's it's also context comes into play. So I feel like it's really easy to talk about the worst tips because I feel like that's what everybody remembers. We you all know? bullshit mm-hmm. that shit. Right. You know, everybody's we, gonna we get all try to forget that shit too. Right, exactly. But and, you can't. <laughs> and honestly, thinking about it, I really couldn't come up with 
and maybe it's because I've been out for almost two years, but I couldn't really come up with one of my worst tips. The, the yeah. two that really came back to me were the best tips I've ever got. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's well, fucking awesome, man, because fuck those worst tips, you know, unless, unless somebody got their fucking pinkies cut off. It's not a, it's not a story worth telling sometimes. <laughs> right. So tell us, sometimes, I want to hear, I want to hear the best tips. Sometimes they ran out of the restaurant faster than me. So that's why they left. <laughs> 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 so at, at the BF, that's what we're calling it, right? BF place. Yeah. At the, the first one, BF, BF, yeah. first place. It was after an Orioles game, and I'm have five or six regulars at the bar, and I look up, and this guy walks by. I'm like, he looks familiar, and he goes to the back. He sits in the back corner. It's Nate McLeod when he played for the wow, Orioles. I love Nate. Yeah. Oh my god. So I love Nate, I love Nate too. He comes he in. The, he threw the ball so far. He caught the ball. I picked up he, on that right he, away. He, he caught he caught did the you? ball from so far away. Jeez, what a guy! Both are true statements, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're really good. Yeah, I can do this. Sound, I can do it. You sound, Go sports. You sound, you sound really good at this. <laughs> so he, he walks into the restaurant, and this is after an Orioles win, and he goes to sit in the back with his either his girlfriend or his wife or somebody, and. You know, they order, and now all my regulars are starting to peek out. And they're like, oh, oh, that's Nate McLeod. And I pull, it's five of them. I pull them all aside. I say, listen, if you motherfuckers do not bother him, I will buy you all around. You're a real fucking fan. You're a real fan. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're one of those guys that's like, hey, you keep doing you, man. And I'm not going to fuck with you. Well, he, he obviously went to That was very eloquently court. put, Michael. Fuck he you, obviously Steve. went to the court. I'll push you down. I'll push you down, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, he obviously went to the back corner because he didn't want to be bothered. Yeah, you know? obviously, so, yeah. You, you don't know. deliberately sit where he sat. Exactly. You know, and yeah. I know I, I know the, again, we're talking about BF, where there was a very small bar. Yes. There's not a seat in that bar that you can't see somebody else, but you have to have some sense of consciousness when somebody deliberately mm. passes other seats to sit in a like a lone wolf spot. Let yeah, they're e there. they're either like a sports legend or a mafia lord, you know. Right, and either way, <laughs> you want to be careful. Yes, he was a fan <laughs> favorite too. So he was. He um. So he only got a few beers and. I literally burned my comp check in that hour. Like it was just yeah. gone in that hour from my regular to keep it. them from being from being conti. Yes. Yeah. So his check came out. He tipped. You know, I said, "Hey, I got your beers. You know, I love watching you play. Appreciate you stopping in." He left a hundred fifty percent. Wow. Time. So just Hot really coffee. appreciative. That, Hot you know, coffee. That's yeah. nice. He was like, "Oh man, you'd have to do that." I was like, "Nah, it's all good." And I by the way, it. by the way, for people that are not like huge baseball fans or huge Baltimore Orioles fans, like Nate McLeod was part of an incredible Orioles run, and so he will always be a part of of Orioles and Camden Yards lore. But this is a man that was on the team for maybe. Three, four seasons? Like it's not it was a short run. Yep. It was not a ton of time. It's not like he was a, a Baltimore legend in the sense that like he played for us for his entire career. A lot of Nate McLeod's uh fame in this city was the fact that his last name was McLeod, which right. is cool. It looks <laughs> yes. cool on the back of a jersey. All right, let's call it what it is. And number two, he was very timely. With his presence on the Orioles, he had the hits at the right time. He had the plays at the right time. We loved him. We loved him. But 
But that being said, this is not necessarily somebody that would be uh, taken care of that way by all Baltimore bars, recognized mm-hmm. by all Baltimore bars, um, maybe the real local places, or really feel like that he had an obligation to the town. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as as much as people will, you know, identify the Ravens with Baltimore, the Orioles have so much deeper roots in Baltimore. No doubt. Than, no doubt. That's so our team. That's why people, you know, love seeing Orioles. And that's why the regulars were so excited, even for like a role player like Nate McLeod. Oh, no doubt. And, it, and if the Orioles ever win a World Series, oh. that is, that'll, that'll, you'll never see a celebration in a city for a championship um, like that, other than like maybe the Phillies or the Chicago Cubs winning a World Series, because this town is going to go bananas, <laughs> bananas. There are old school people here that have been living in the city for generations that all they care about is the orange and black. Yes. I'm telling I lo- you. I love this huge if that we're leaning on here. Well, it's been tough. It's been tough. It's, it's, I mean, you know, I, guess. And I, I will say this because I, obvi- I really don't give a shit about sports ball, but I will tell you this. I fucking get it, man. I, uh, I bartended in some fucking spots in Baltimore when the Ravens were doing really well. And I fucking get it, man. Like the, the, the energy, the feeling, like yes. the camaraderie right. of all those people rooting for the same goal yeah. and, and seeing, you know and what seeing it, your fucking team take that. Like, I, I, I really do get it. I really do get what, it. I, don't, what I still it, don't give a shit, but I really do get it. They've done, they've done psychological studies about this for, for 50 years. And what it truly is, is it's tribalism. Yeah, it's the idea absolutely. of human beings associating yeah. with each other for a common goal. That's it, why you it, all put on your totally... fucking war paint and take your fucking shirts off. You're goddamn right. You're yeah. goddamn right. I mean, I was going to say the second best tip. Yeah. We talked about this. The old couple from oh, the place. So we've actually talked about them. Yes. So I just wanted to mention them again. They were just un- unbelievable. They were so nice. They didn't expect anything. It's uh... I have it written down because I had trouble remembering. God, why can't I think of his first name? (laughs) He's got fucking nose. Uh, I want to call him Frank, but it's not Frank. Vera and... God, we're all we're we're, we're we're stumbling here. We're stumbling. That's, that's what happens for being out for so long. Your brain goes to shit. Yeah, we're hey, stumbling Steve, right Steve here, and but... I have already been drinking for three hours. Well, that's I... right. You guys have a more excuse than I do. <laughs> I, I so what? Well, Dave, Boom. Dave, thank you, is. Dave and Gene, who we've talked yes. about on the pod. We've talked about on the pod. Yes, there is no one as fine as Dave and Gene. I would I would pray to the universe for customers like those two. Mm-hmm. They're incredible people, and I don't say that because they were great tippers. I and and I know we're talking about great tips. They were great tippers. Let's be very yes. clear. Yep. Some of the best I've ever experienced. But I love Dave and Gene because they're decent, man. They're decent, and they bring their family in, and they bring their kids mm-hmm. in, and they like, you know, their grandkids, and like, they're just. They bring joy to if, – if they happen to be your regulars, you should feel blessed. Mm. And if people get regulars like that, you don't, you don't know how good it feels. Like they make you feel like a normal person <laughs> and you're not working normal <laughs> and, and you're not working normal person hours and you're hungover and you're, and you're trying to just get by and you're 22 and you can't make rent. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to piggyback off that too. It's all that, man. Because 
you know, people make small talk and ask questions, but they actually care. They remember, yeah. they ask follow-up questions. Mm. And I'm sure all bartenders have those regulars that God. actually care about the life outside of the bar. How many yeah. And how many times were they patient in the face yes. of like bullshit we were dealing with, kitchen problems? Like, oh, yeah. you know how many times I had Dave and Gene come in and their food was messed up. And I'm like, I'm furious. I'm like, why? Anybody's food, why is their food wrong? Yes. Right? And they're so patient. They're mm-hmm. so kind about it. And it's well, like. Yeah. What, what, what you both are saying is they're just, they're good people. They're good people yes. who came it's in. Amazing. And, you guys, and you guys got a chance to serve them. And that's, yeah. that's great. That's beautiful. I feel honored that we got a chance to serve them. That's, 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 and that's the point. How... That's what that's what all of us and all of you listeners right now have the opportunity to do. Even if you can't tip huge, just be good fucking customers. Just be good yes. people. You might connect. Yeah, you and might you, connect you might, somebody. your story might end up on a fucking shitty podcast. You never know. <laughs> That's right. Dave and Gene are listening to this right now in bed. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Dave and Gene are listening. Love y'all. Oh, yes. Love y'all. They are the best. Love y'all. I don't think they know how to how podcasts work. <laughs> love y'all. We'll make it happen. We'll find a way. Yeah. We'll find a way. All right. Mike, team up, for number, team, team up for number three. All right. Number three. Worst drink orders. So this can be like drinks that when people order them, you, you look at them with like, you know, a little bit of disdain, like, what the fuck are you doing? Or it can be drinks that you fucking hate to make. So, Steve, you'll agree with this from the place up in the county. Number two. Number two. I still have PTSD from Coors Light draft or Coors Light bottle. Oh, God. It. You know, we did have really good regulars who ordered that, but the majority of our shitty regulars, that's what they drank. And it became this like catch 22 of them switching every goddamn time they came in. I want a bottle. I want a draft. I want a draft. I want a bottle. I want a. It, it was annoying. It was whatever was on special. It was those, those people. It was whatever was on special. That's what they had. Um, those bastards. I know it's been mentioned quite a bit before, <laughs> but Long Island iced tea. Yep. But I will have to mention this. I will have to mention this. People think it's four shots of alcohol in there, and that's why they order it. It's not four shots of alcohol. It's not. That two and a no, half. No, it's not. Two, two and a half. Right. So people are, I can't taste it. That's the that's the next step from there. I can't taste the alcohol from this drink. It's the very drink. next question. It's a point of the drink. So what I always did, was I always, before I sent it out, was to drop a little bit of tequila straw. through the straw. You motherfucker. Yep. And yep. I really? never had a Long through Island iced tea. You just do a little drop through the top. So the first sip you take is alcohol, and they will never come. I've never Damn, had a he poured like, this shit strong. Wow. What a motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. Man, exactly. hook me up. Wow. Yeah. What a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I did hook you up. <laughs> That's a great bar That's trick. That's such a great trick. Yes. It really that is. is such a great trick. Oh. Never had one cent back after I started doing that. Motherfucker. Where'd you yeah. learn that? Uh, My own brain. I'll tell you what. I was just sick of it. Yeah. I was sick of it. I was <laughs> like, what can brain. I do? What can I do <laughs> to make the people who like this drink think quick they're and getting it? Quick and bloody. Yes, exactly it's right. It's a special breed. It's really hard to make those people think <laughs> yes. You got to trick them. You got to trick them into think they're having a good time. Because they're not. Wow. Because they're wow. Long That's good. I like that. I like <laughs> that. But, but, but other than that, I mean, like, 
have you ever had to make a drink that you particularly find to be foul? Like the one that I always reference on this pod is, you know, I work down at the beach and I always, always have to make hundreds of candy Coronas. There. Right. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, there's other ones like abnormal ones always skeeve me out like tequila and Coke. Like, right. I'm not saying it's not good. It just doesn't sound like it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So like, ha- have there ever been other drinks in that, you know, as far as, uh, that don't seem to make sense or that just sound gross to you? So the one that stands out to me, the one that stands out to me is cherry vodka and Coke. And the guy who tried mm. to sell it on me said that it tastes like cherry Coke. Yeah. So one day I, I set one up for myself. You're like, okay. All right. I could see. I like, like cherry Coke. Right. You're true. I right? like cherry Coke. You'll give it a shot. You're not going to just talk shit. Right. And... Holy shit. Like it was, I guess maybe because my expectations were so high, (laughs) you know, cherry Coke is such a great drink. And I go, (laughs) I go from that to this and it tasted awful, (laughs) but it was just, it might've been the most disappointing feeling I've ever had before in my life. Well, And also any, anytime you're ordering a flavored vodka, go fuck yourself. I mean, come right. on. You know, it's already vodka. You can, you can already get all the mixers you want. You don't have to put it in the fucking bottle with the vodka. Right. right. Exactly. No doubt. <laughs> why couldn't it why couldn't it just be real vodka, grenadine, and coke, right? Mm-hmm. Like why do Thank we even you. need to exactly. we need to pop into this terrible category? We'll call it you're a piece of shit, you know. That, that's not clever. I apologize. Too much too much tonight. It was fair though. <laughs> oh, that's okay, Mike. That's okay, Mike. Fuck you, Steve. Uh, I'm We've still asked on you, the whole I fuck you, Steve, uh, train. So we asked Mike harder. to poke double duty, as you already know, and so he's going to get Steve's big fault. And I'm still fine. Like super califragilisticexpialidocious. Well, that, well, that's the toughest. <laughs> I almost that's lost the it there for a second. That's the toughest it's been so far. All right, <laughs> yeah, number four: ultimate mistakes, fuck ups, either yours or your coworkers. These are the the, the drink drops, yeah, the trade crashing drops, crashing and burning, forgetting yeah. to put yeah, forgetting to put in drinks, all kinds of shit like that. I mean, you always, you know, at least for me, there's always at least something I forgot at some point in my shit. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, that's a standard. The system that we used at number two was quirky at different parts of the night. and Oh, no doubt. I mean, it was in the fucking, I mean, it was ancient. Yes. And checks would disappear. And it there were just things that happened on there that were, were just crazy. So I call it a fuck up. To clarify what Rich is talking about, at what, um, God, I can't, I, I, I'm surprised we haven't gotten into this yet. Um, the thing about number two is it's a bare bones establishment, even though it's been open for decades and decades and decades, and they've had a ton of success. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that they don't ever put any money back into the business. So mm-hmm. there's no, there's no reinvestment. So the computer system we're working off of is 20 years old. And unlike most restaurants that have their computer system and their credit card system tied together, we were working on an interesting sort of system where you had your computer and your or, uh, your computer system and all your orders to the kitchen and the bar on one. And then your credit card machine was 30 <laughs> feet away, strapped to the side of a wall. And they were two totally different things. So one of the fun things is at the end of the night, you got to tie those two reports together, <laughs> which is super fun. Super, super fun. So when Rich is talking about the, the clusterfuck that is this integration between the credit card system and the 
ordering system and then the actual ledger of the drinks at the bar. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. So this system, I had to split up a check and I was serving. So I wasn't even bartending. I was serving in the bar area. I had a whole bunch of tables, people waiting to get on. So I'm slammed. I'm trying to move people out so people can come in and sit. A table wants their check split, which is not a problem. Even if I'm slammed, I really don't care because I remember I have everything hey, written down. It's pretty Dick, easy. I fucking, I respect that motherfucker because I feel the same way. And I go out with people who want to split the check and then they make me pay for their fucking expensive fucking meals. All right. So I really, I honestly, I really do respect that. It's if you keep your fucking notes, it's not a big deal to split a fucking check. Right. And I, and you know, like we said before, like it just saves you time in the long run. If they, if they mm -hmm. need you to be, if they need the check to be split. Mm -hmm. So I'm in such a rush and I'm so far behind that I split, I grab the receipts and I drop it off at the table and they all paid cash. So I collect it and I don't even look at it until the end of the night. As I'm closing out, I see I still have a check open. It's part of the split from that table that did not pop up or print out oh, when God. I hit the print button. Oh, luckily, luckily, it was only like 75 bucks. So it wasn't too bad of a hit because we had a great night that night. So yeah. if I had to eat it, I had to eat it. I only ate part of it. Luckily, the manager that was there was understanding and cool manager helped me out as much as I could. You know, it's still ultimately my fuck up, which I had to pay for in the end. But yeah, but not even like it's not something that you did. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's a technical fucking difficulty, man. Right. Steve and I, Steve and I know all about that. Right, Steve? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever deleted a podcast that you recorded an hour and a half of before? Uh, no, that? no yeah, but I'm just saying, so that, that was cool of your manager to be cool about yeah, that. But like, that's still 70, that's still 75 bucks that you got to eat. Yeah. So it ended up being somewhere around like 45 bucks. You know, he took care of the drinks and, yeah. you know, I had to eat the food, but you know, it was just one of those things where you had such a great night. And then you get back to the computer like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I love the in industry terminology, right? You had to eat the food. Yeah. That means <laughs> that means a very different thing to a customer yes. and to a bartender. Yes. I'll um, take care of the drinks for you, but you had to, you got to eat the food. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't get to eat the food, but I got to eat the food. Yeah, yeah. Right. you got to eat the food out of your fucking wallet. You know? <laughs> right out of your wallet. That's always that's always the fun. Mike, you want to team up for number five? Absolutely, I do. So, question number five: health code violations. All right, we want to hear about the dirty shit that either you've done or you've seen other people do. Dropping food on the floor, dipping your nuts in the cream and crab soup. Whatever it is, don't hold back. Also, there's a new thing called a, a Jersey Turnpike, which is where you spit, <laughs> you spit in a rock's glass, and then you throw it, you chug it, it into his face, right in the face. <laughs> I really I like do. That. I, That's called I a love, Jersey yeah, Turnpike. I love that so much. And you just hit him right in the face. You know, I wish That's, I was bartending now just to serve one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, literally, it, if. If this podcast ever goes anywhere, we're going to get indicted because somebody is going to spin a and throw it in somebody's face, and yes, there's going to be yes. like a fucking trial. Yes, and, people and are going to blame us. Be on the, 
We're going to be on the stand and we're going to be hung over as shit. And like, I don't know nothing about that. Circuit court <laughs> judges are going to go, where'd you learn that? I learned that from listening to the bartender rant podcast. <laughs> you know, those, de- those degenerates on there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tell them to use a plastic cup. It'll bounce right off. There you go. So that's get that's actually how it started. That's how it started. Actually oh, use Lord. a plastic cup. If you're doing the Jersey turnpike. All right? <laughs> uh, so number two, obviously, there were number holes. two bar, not number two question. People. Yes, number two bar. <laughs> there were holes in the damn floor. That's correct. From flooding and not mm-hmm. not clearing not out the drain. Not clearing out the drain. Hmm. But but we're not we're we're talking about right, holes listen, that were. Listen, listen, listen. Oh yeah, that's an all drink. That's all a right. that's a that's Everybody a choo choo. God damn it! I'm sorry, guys. I need to my life. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let Rich go, and I'm not gonna interrupt the story. But when he's talking about holes in the floor, we talked a little bit about this on on the pod. Number two had holes in the floor that were so big that sheets of plywood had to be put over them so that cooks didn't fall through them into the basement. <laughs> go it, ahead. It was just unreal, and that kind of goes back to what Steve was talking about before. Is you know, I think this place could have been 25 times as successful if they invested even a little bit of money. No into doubt. It, you know, and I mean, you're talking about holes in the floor. A lot of the times the ice makers would somehow or the ice containers would somehow get clogged. So when the ice melts, it would just have water rising up. So we'd have to oh. in the middle of a damn rush, we would have to empty out the ice makers Find a way to like jam straws or shit down the drain just to clear it clear enough it for that water to go by. Just get a and plunger. Is, and sometimes we did. We had a plunger. <laughs> you, you want to bet we go, didn't try that? Go to the, go to the bathroom really yeah. quick, grab the plunger. Got to clear the ice out real quick. <laughs> oh, it was it was just a mess. Now one of the guys I worked with at number two after Steve, uh, he was a big dude he was a big dude we both got to the point where we had this group come in during our shift every week and they just they were just miserable to serve you know everybody has those people that are miserable to serve he ordered a cream of crab soup he went back to get the soup himself himself the, just to be the clear, customer no, the yeah, customer number two was a very Lucy goosey if yes. you're a regular you might know the owner come and go in and out of the back kind of job. i'm hungry bitch kind of thing well see and at the time i didn't know that so the first time i saw a customer back there i told him to get the fuck out of here yeah i was like get the fuck out of here you're not supposed to be back here he's like oh i know the owner i was like whatever i'm leaving <laughs> goes gets him his cream of crab comes back out another guy orders we're like oh no no we'll get it so the bigger bartender, the guy who I was working with, goes back there, gets the cream of crab soup. On the way back, he may have tripped and out of the side of his shorts, a body part may have fallen out into what? the soup by accident. What? Mike, by what? accident. By accident. What? Not on purpose. Not on purpose. That would never There's be on only one bo- well, there's only three by- body parts that can fall out of your shorts. You have a two-thirds chance to get Hold on, time out. <laughs> I hate to do this to you. You're can, no, you're can, fine. Can you name all three body parts that could fall out of your shorts? Yeah, your dick, 
your left ball and your right ball. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. God damn. Yeah, fuck off, Steve. God damn. Okay. So, one of those... It's, it's because you, you've repressed these memories because they traumatized yeah. you. That's why. That's why you can't think of this shit. You All know. right. So, anyway, one of those three things accidentally... Accidentally. Accidentally. Sheer accident. Just one one more time. One more time. What was it? It was accidental. um, It was it was it was crazy. Just this chain of events occurred. It happens. Where it (laughs) fell into there. And he had to quickly take it out, obviously. Oops. Had to Because it's hot. It's fucking hot. (laughs) It hurt. We only serve hot soup. (laughs) So he had to place it down on the bar to go clean up. And it happened to be in front of the guy who ordered it. So he took it. Right. Just happened to be in front of the bar. Again, an additional accident on top of the original accident. I don't know how it happened. It was just... Who knows? You know, you hit the lottery, all these things come together. So if if I understand correctly, guy orders the soup, bartender gets the soup, part of the bartender gets in the soup. Yes. Customer takes the soup. Yes. Customer Mm. eats the soup. Yes. Customer eats the soup. Yes. Jesus Christ. And there were smiles about. Oh, my God. That was one of the best shifts I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just went on record, though. That was the only person that we did it to. I'll just say that right now. Everybody oh, else. Hey, Dick, I thought it was an accident. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. That was the only time I ever saw that accident happen. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. You don't want to have too many accidents. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have too many accidents. He, he didn't send it back, right? This soup is really salty. You know what they talk about? <laughs> I'm really not enjoying chaos, it. Controlled accidents. Yes. That's the key. That's the key to a good good bartending show. Jesus well, look, if, if that's a place to stop, <laughs> I don't know another. You know? Um, this, you know... I got a hankering for some cream of crab soup. Ooh. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to test I'm going to test. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to test the palate. Uh, He's going to let Dick have an accident in his mouth. <laughs> uh, that's a little too much. But I am going to have some soup. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to replenish these glasses. We'll be right within a moment with question number six. Okay, we are back. What a break it was. Short-lived, but well-deserved. We worked hard on the front end of the gauntlet. Dick. <laughs> Rich. God damn it, Steve. Don't start this again. Richard. <laughs> I've been very good about that. Yeah, okay? well, a couple times, you know. I've been very... Well, it's only been twice, and I know you can shake it out. But Rich, Mr. Anonymous, it has been a pleasure to this point... Oh yes. We talked a little bit about the 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 nonsense that is Miller Coors and their vendetta against Natty Bo. Um, we were chatting during the break about the fact that they will now print the Natty Bo symbol on the top of the bottle, which seems uh, you know I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up. It seems to be an additional cost in and of itself to print mm-hmm. that, but they won't print the the um, the riddles on the bottom of the label. It would be even better if they didn't. Yeah, it'd be even better if they didn't print the ninety bow symbol on the top, but they put the fucking late uh, the riddle underneath. Again, absolute travesty. Boycott Miller Coors any did, chance you get. No. Um, did we explain? <laughs> did we explain what the daddy bow symbol looks like? 
Well, it's for, like the for Pringles all of our, band. you know, the, the listeners who aren't from Baltimore. I'll put a picture. I'll put a picture of my ass up this week. You know? <laughs> fucking better, because you have not been releasing fucking content online, motherfucker. I'm gonna right? so though. I'm get gonna. to it. Get to it. I'm put gonna. a picture of your fucking ass up online. Just for you. Just for you. Just for you. Just for you and all Jesus your Christ. angst, okay? <laughs> but I'll put up a picture of my ass this week so everybody knows what the natty bow symbol looks like. All right. Let's, let's quit beating around the bush. Number six, ratchet and crazy customers, i.e. people that remind you of Michael and I. Fuck you. Or <laughs> we, have, we have an expansion. We do. Also, memorable customers. People customers who are not ra- Customers who are not ratchet and crazy, but who left a really good impact on you. But we also well, do love Ratchet and Crazy, so. Of course. So I thought of three. I thought of three. Ooh, I like this. One was a guy named Buster. And for anybody who worked downtown. At BF's. Yes, at BF in Fells Point. He was the local guy. It was this large, muscular, bald, black guy. He was huge, huge dude. Just and jacked. He just jacked wired anybody who knew him said hey what's up family that's how he was just everybody talked to all the bartenders he would do like menial work around the bar so as a a customer he was never a customer he never had money he just went around to the bars and did like the little jobs that some of the bartenders wouldn't do and they would throw him money so the reason why I call him a customer is because sometimes he would do it for money, and sometimes the other bartenders would like, give him like a shot of whiskey. What? Or would give him... Yes. Yes. This guy was like a freelance gig worker for <laughs> for like so, side work? I, yes. I, I have questions. I have questions. So like, yes. he, he, is, he a, is he a homeless person? We never got down. There was never small talk with Buster. Because do, do you know how hard it would be to be jacked and homeless? Like, it's almost impossible. Push-ups, man. You could do that wherever. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about the push-ups. It's about the nutrients that gives the push-ups fucking point. I'm sorry. That's absolutely fucking incredible. So Absolutely fucking incredible. He would always use our bathroom. And at BF... There were two bathrooms. They were uh, they were just single single toilet, and mm-hmm. you could lock it. So sometimes he would go in there to you know take his drug of choice. Sometimes he would go in there to take a nap. It'd be two hours. He would sleep in the damn bathroom. What the fuck? And sometimes he would just go around like, "You want me to sweep the trash off the sidewalk?" Because we had outdoor tables right on uh, one of the streets in Fell, so it would get cluttered. He'd be like, yeah, I'll do that for a shot of whiskey. So he would sweep it up when the other bartenders would serve him a shot. He'd be on his way, he'd bounce down to the other. So he would hit all the different bars in this, Fells Point. This guy is jacked? This guy is jacked. So this jacked. guy is coming Shredded. into your bathroom Shredded. and locking the door so yes. he can shoot up steroids? What the fuck is going on? This no, makes no, no. absolutely no sense to me. He probably took drugs through his nose. That would be my guess. Those <laughs> drugs, not ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not steroids. Well, that no, no, no. that probably lends to the shredded aspect. Of yes, and whenever you wouldn't <laughs> see him for a few months, guess where he would be? At the gym. <laughs> at the jail. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, at the, the jail. Yes. At the jail. Yes. The but. 
for all of his craziness, he like took care of the bartenders. Like sometimes we had a female bartender that worked with us who, who, you know, would park her car around the corner. He would walk mm. her to her car. So like for all the craziness that we right. endured with him, like he, he was a great, he was, was a decent. really good guy. He sounds pretty decent. Yes, he was a decent guy. Oh no, like, yeah, absolutely. Like before you said he was in jail, I was like thinking he was like the CEO of like some kind of fucking like <laughs> NFG fucking, you know, or NFT company or something like Can he's I? making a shit ton of money. He's just walking around town. He's like, I just got back from the gym. You got a shot or maybe, you know, I'll, I'll swing the, the parking lot. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Can I be like, honest this is, with This you guys? is insane. Like this is not like any other fucking <laughs> Go do you on, know, what this, guy, do you know what this guy sounds like to me? Do you know how they talk about a fairy godmother in uh, <laughs> in, in like uh, Disney movies? This is like the bartender's fairy godmother, right? He's like this big jacked guy. He'll walk the, the girl bartenders to, the, yeah. uh, to, to their cars. He'll help you sweep the bar. He'll help you clean up the bar. He'll help you roll an asshole out of there if need be. Yeah. All he needs is a shot of whiskey and that's, that's, <laughs> sometimes five dollars. Like he would sweep and mop our fairy floor for five dollars. And when you're at it's two it's two thirty, three o'clock at night, and you've had a hell of a day, you're like, what the fuck is fuck five dollars? Yeah. Like yeah, fuck me? yeah. What? Absolutely. Go, so so and you know, maybe I'm going on a, my own like mental tangent, but like in my head he I'm picturing him as like the Mr. Clean guy. <laughs> yes, Mr. Clean, much darker yeah. in complexion. Uh, right, yes. sure. But yes, that was him. That like was the him. Mr. Clean guy. Yes, like fit, tight shirt. Yes, you know that. And you always heard him before you saw him because he'd be like, "Bamble, Bamble." Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I love this guy. Be. I absolutely yeah, was, love this guy. This is you know awesome. crazy, but awesome. You know what we need to do? Who was the guy on Trent's episode? The meat. Oh, thing. Mr. James. We need to hook up Mr. James. Meat. Because Mr. James, the meat. this guy would be. I'm telling you, they'd be like <laughs> they'd be all kinds of things. Those two are meant for each other. That's that's crazy. He was Mike, he was dynamic. Dynamic. <laughs> dynamic. Dynamic. What a word, Mike. You want to team up for number seven? Absolutely, I do. So, Dick fights, arrests. And fires give it to us all right steve steve he particularly loves the fires. i do he loves do. to see love what people fire. are made of he loves to see what happens to them when they're forged in the fire so to 100%. speak so luckily no fires i'm sorry to disappoint i don't no, know it's not disappointing because honestly it shouldn't happen it's not a disappointing thing right there um, are like millions of mcdonald's around the world frying shit all day long and they don't have fire so please like fire should not be a regular occurrence they do but, happen but they are <laughs> <laughs> and they will come for you what is that <laughs> and they will find out if you're worthy that, that's part you of the serial killer triad by the way right fire is arson <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me Rich. don't do that to me come on <laughs> These people are just starting to like Mike and I. <laughs> <laughs> but arrest. I have a great arrest story. Oh, so. great. This is one of the first. This is one of the first time one of our guests has. We have a lot of fights. We have a lot story. of fires. We really? have a lot of arrests. Go ahead. Yeah. Like Give it so, to us. Let's go. It's um, it's at BF. We're downtown. It's probably like 1030. A guy wanders in. Normal looking dude. Sits at the bar. It's like, all right. Well, can I have a menu? Orders a drink. Eats some food. 
Um, you know, at, at the bar that we were at, it wasn't custom for us to take credit cards. So, you know, we took you at your word, you know, it's just a, you know, a corner bar and, and, you know, that's just the way we ran things. Yeah. So we started to get busy. Guy ducks out. Guy leaves. Oh. So I'm like, where the fuck did that guy go? Like, where'd he go? And I look at the bartender I'm working with. I'm like, have you seen him? It's like, no idea. So he ran up like a $45, $50 check. Mm-hmm. Leaves. No idea. So we clean up his stuff. We just keep his tab in the system. Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours later, we're talking to one another. All of a sudden, my bar- mean, hold on. You mean you and your bartenders, not yeah. you and this patron, right? Me and my bartender. The other okay, bartender. Obviously, right Steve, because everyone I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. <laughs> my partner, you know, if you will, my partner. But he looks, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. My bartender partner. My partner. My partner. My partner. Okay. Yeah. He looks through the window. He's like, that's the fucking guy. And he yells and he points. <laughs> and the guy doesn't hear him. But I look through the window because we have a little window that goes along um, one of the roads. And I see him walk. So I'm like, shit. So I run from behind the bar. I run and I go tap on his shoulder. I go, hey, you left our bar and you didn't pay. He yeah. goes, oh, oh, well, I had to go up to my house to get my wallet and now I'm coming down here to the bank to go back to pay you. I was like, okay. I was like, great. I'll follow you yeah, to the bank. Cause there's a the bank yeah. of America right what in the middle of Point. What time is this? This is probably 1230, one o'clock. In yeah. That's early. Sense. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. So he goes, your bank, you hold on. Your card works at the ATM, but it don't work at my bar. Right. Okay. So that's why I follow him. I'm like, all right, fine, yeah. cool. I'll walk with you to the ATM. I remember how much it was. You could just hand me the cash, and then yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. So he walks you to the ATM. better fucking tip, by the way. Oh, I could care less at this point. I just didn't want to eat. I just yeah, didn't want to eat the check. It. You know? don't want to eat it. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I'll take. I'll take a split. I'll take a zero sum for that. In yeah. my mind, I was already like, I gotta, I gotta pay this. Yeah. Which so, fucking sucks, by the way. Like, that shouldn't be on you. But anyway, go on. Right. Well, I didn't take a card, so it was on me. But, you know. Well, um, anyway, go on. <laughs> we can talk about so that it, later. <laughs> yeah. So it goes to the ATM. He puts it in. And I'm kind of looking over his shoulder. Because I want to know how much money this motherfucker of has course. in his bank account. Mm. You know? Of course. And it doesn't work. Mm. And it doesn't work. Again. Mm. And at this point, we had already called the cops. They had already come to our place. We had already found Ooh, a report. So you got him there. Right. So this was before he came back. So at the time that that like at the time we saw him, this was after the police report. So I, he goes, I'm sorry, man, I can't pay it. I said, well, then you need to come with uh, with me back to the place. I said, you need to talk to my owner and figure this out. And he you was like, washing dishes. motherfucker." All right. The chat was 50 bucks. 50 bucks. I was like, listen. I was like, listen, my... So it's a solid check. It's a solid check. I said, my manager is reasonable. If you talk to him and figure something out, you know, something will happen. In the back of my mind, I'm like, my owner will beat the fuck out of you if you don't figure this out. (laughs) I just need you to get back to the bar so that way you're You're, back in the area. At this point, you're just trying to lure him back. Right. right, right, So he agrees. He comes back. He comes back. Fucking sucker, dude. So he, <laughs> he comes back in the bar. What a dope. <laughs> you're, already, you're already home free, man. Just run away. <laughs> right, exactly. He comes back in the bar. He starts talking to my owner. 
And my owner's like, all right, fine. Let me just go get a pen and let me write down your information and then we'll figure this out. So he goes back to get a pen. Motherfucker books out the door. Whoa. Run. Fuck. Wait, well, out the why? Door. Why would you run then? How, how right. many? How run many drinks? How many drinks did he have while he was with you? Not many. Yeah. But come to find out, we spread the word to all the different bars in the area because you yeah. know Fells Point is such a small island. Yeah, close to group. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked about it. How it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a very quick spread of information in yeah. the community yes. last episode or two episodes ago. It is. Two days later. He gets arrested in front of Max's for doing the exact same thing. Really? A different bar. A different yes. bar in Fells Point. Yes. Really? Literally cat a corner from where we are. So I get called to come testify at his stop oh it. at his court appearance. At his court appearance. No. I have did to you, go Did you get did you get paid from the bar for going to testify? No, because <laughs> I got to take time off from my other job. I'd have to be there. I had a legit like reason where I wouldn't yeah. have to be penalized and yes. take time off. So I'm like, fuck hey, yes, I'll go. This, I'll take time hey, off this, my job. This is for justice, okay? Just leave me That's alone. Right. It's for justice. <laughs> I invite anyone. I just want a goddamn day off. That's all I want. You know? exactly. <laughs> That's right. So we get to the court. It's the Max's bartender. And myself, we co- actually kind of find each other. We we meet for the first time. We start talking. Like, hey, I can't you, you know this. this motherfucker too? Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ran up a hundred dollar check at their place. What yeah, a okay. piece of shit! Right. Yeah. So we get there. What's his name? Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Son of a bitch. I usually pay my tab, Steve. <laughs> I always come back. <laughs> Until they kick you out for making fun of the guy that got knifed. <laughs> Come That's on. a deep cut. That's a You're deep a piece cut. of shit, Steve. That's anyway, go on. Cut. I'm gonna. I We're gonna tell going that to, story one of these days. I am going tell to push you, story. Steve. I'm going to push you down when I fucking oh, see that's you. A deep cut. I'm gonna push you down in DC, you piece of shit. So anyway, Dave, go on with the goddamn story before I I'm get too sorry. fucking upset right now. <laughs> no, not, fuck you. Come to find out, he doesn't show up, so they issue a bench warrant for his arrest, and they ended up nice. getting him later and. But it was just a wild chain of events that two days later he was caught. And then like a few other places in Fells were like, yeah, he came into our place too. He ran up this check. One yeah. after another. Dude. Yes. That was yeah. his rift. He that went, was his rift. He went up and down Fells Point. Just you know, I've always wondered that with the people that skimp on like simple tabs. Like, um, I don't know if you ever heard about like, um, I don't know if you heard about the famous one that we had at number two. The bar that you and I worked at together. I, yes, I, yes. The one where we drew the pictures, we we drew the sketches of them. We had a couple come in and run up a hundred fifty dollar tab. They ate crabs. They did. They made it decadent, right? Yeah, and that's what. And they lulled us to sleep, mm-hmm. being decadent, right? Because we thought, oh, if oh, buying, they're ordering all this stuff. They got money. They're, they're out drink, celebrating, right, right. whatever, right. right? So they lulled us to sleep, and then what got us was. They left their – the girl came in wearing glasses, and she took her glasses off as I was ser- as I was serving her, and she put them in a glasses case on the bar. And the guy pulled out a wallet, and he left it on the bar. And wow. I didn't check the wallet because who would check a wallet on the bar? Yeah. So they tell me after their meal that they're going to go smoke a cigarette. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Never this is a, is a – these are con artists. Con- no, they never come back. They yeah. never come back. And after about an hour, 
I go outside and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm busy at the time. So of course right. I can't like go check. So I go out after about an hour and I check and I'm like, they're not there. And then I run back inside and I go to the spot at the bar and I open up the wallet and the wallet doesn't have anything in it. Right. It's just a wallet. There's not a card. There's not a piece. Of, there's not a receipt. There's not a bill. There's nothing in it. I open up the, the glasses case. It's just a pair of like, we Reader's know. glasses from right. like Walmart. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Right. They use those. As God damn it, Dick! You're old as shit, idiot. man. <laughs> well, I've heard my old regulars call them cheaters. All no, I'm sorry. I'm tomorrow. just fucking. I'm, like, no, I'm no. just fucking with you, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am old. Cheaters? Yeah, my cheaters. People will find a way. They'll find a way to scam you. you that, no, it's, that's it's, it's, that is fucked up, man. Like, well, that's the thing, like. God damn it, man. Those people knew exactly what they were fucking doing, man. They were running around. No, no, they absolutely. So yeah. it's funny. Um, you know, the way that we handled that is we did jokingly. Like, I went right up to our uh, Rich and I's manager and I was like, look, man, we're never getting this money back. Yeah, we're yeah. never going to yeah. see yeah. him again. <laughs> I can tell you right now that these are professionals. Yeah. Like, they, by they, professionals, they, I mean, like, they came in here with a plan. Honestly, they kind of deserve it. They kind of deserve it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They right. should have left the that. tip. They should have left the tip, but they kind of deserve it. Good for that. But you know what's funny? Um, for the rest of the night, um, I'm telling that story and I'm entertaining my regulars with that story. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Rich and I had a great regular named Rhett. One of, oh, yes. One of my favorite people that I've ever served behind the bar. I love him. I really do. I was, not not to get too intimate, but like, I went to his wife's funeral. Like I, I, I was part of this, you know, enough part of this guy's life. Like I consider him legitimately a friend, even though we don't get to spend a, a ton of time together. Mm-hmm. We met as, you know, bartender and bar patron, but he's a, a great guy. He's you have the connection, guy. yeah. Yeah, he's an unbelievable guy. And um, it's funny, he was there that day, and I'm telling him the story, and he goes, "Can you do a sketch for me?" <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got you. And so I pulled out I, I pulled out one of our, our bar mats and I started doing a sketch of what they looked like. And we hung it up above the bar. And we said, you know, wanted if you see this couple. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking awesome. And That's had, fucking we, awesome. We had all the regulars taking pictures on their phones. Like, and he had to shit all of our regulars like old heads. And so it's like the first yes. time they take a, ever taken a picture on their iPhone. <laughs> I'm going to post it on my Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We're going to find these people. We're going to find them. so good. Yeah. The, the hunt right. is on. Yeah, <laughs> big time. All right, number eight. We're gonna move on. Sex stories. Sexy right. Lexi. The mm. sexy Lexi. The sexy right. Lexi. So I'm gonna preface this with this. The bar that I worked at downtown, BF. Yeah. I was in my early to mid twenties. Yes. I was a guy working multiple jobs with a shit ton of excess money. You're a piece of shit to join. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So what you're trying to tell us is you're a piece of shit. Yes, yes. At that point in my life, I was a huge piece of shit. Continue. I'm sorry, Steve. Just Steve called it out while I was thinking. No, you're right. I mean, call us famous Steve, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is what it is. I'm going to drink my GM. (laughs) So I loved going to the strip club. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Loved it. You're talking to a man that hey, loves the no, strip club no. more than anyone. It, it, yes. You two, listen. Wait, not, not, hold wait, on. Hold knock on off, Steve. Not, we don't need you, you here two, right now. Why don't you two just have a moment here? Yes. No, I just want to ask. What 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 do you love? Why do you love going to the strip club? Honestly, because just, t- just tell it true. 
because after working those all those jobs, I could turn my brain off and just get it, all that attention. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was part of it, but and get titties in your face too, like all of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but so there were times when girls that I visited there would come to the bar that I worked downtown. Yeah. Which was phenomenal. That was just like that's awesome. Mess, right? Because then you're the king. You're yes. the guy behind the bar. Yes. And, they're coming and you have all of your clothes on. Yeah. You're, you're the stripper. And <laughs> and your titties aren't even. And I lived three blocks north and two blocks east. That's where I lived from the bar I worked down there. So it was very easy. You know? This is about to be a stripper fucking story right here. <laughs> it is not, actually. I'm going to take a little side <laughs> turn. I love it. But I love what it. I loved about the bar in BF was that the bar was actually elevated from the actual floor. So it was almost like you're on a stage and you, it was like a Venus sex trap. Like you looked like God up there. You know, we had, this bar had track lighting. This bar had track lighting. A, track a, Venus, lighting a Venus sex trap. God it, fucking damn it. <laughs> Look at him. He's crazy. We had track lighting and we put it on us. Megan snort. Megan snort. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, no, He's telling oh don't worry. Story. The story will. I'm getting there. But the um, the great thing was is that uh, I worked a lot of my shifts with a bartender who happened to be gay. And he was like, here's the deal. I'll take all the guys. You take all the girls. And oh, we'll be good yes. to go. And, okay. and that's and how we rolled. I bet, I bet you both could be each other's best fucking wingmen, too. Oh, it, it happened quite a bit. Yes. It I, believe, I a bit. absolutely fucking believe that. Because yes. the best wingman is somebody who doesn't give a fuck. And, and he, when you're talking about different sexual orientations, give me a fucking break, man. That's your guy. Yes. Your yeah, absolutely. Or your girl. Or your girl. Absolutely. He 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 was awesome. So the story I had to tell was actually coming off of a shift. I had worked two clopins. I was closing the bar Friday night. I opened Clopins. Saturday morning. Wow, that's a new term. Oh, my God. Clopins. I think we're going to hit. A new. Oh, wow. I'm working so, <laughs> We've talked about open to closes, but Clopins. Closing <laughs> opens. Yes. That's a brutal life, man. Closing and then opening the next day. I just pissed energy drinks. That's a sound. <laughs> you know, you know in, in, in our last pod, we talked about the RBV, which used to uh, – which I used to think was the Red Bull and Baca, but now it's the Red Bull and Vagina. <laughs> um, right, and I'll leave on, that man. up to the listeners who heard the last episode. Okay, come continue. On. Hey, you know, I drink that. I drink that all day long. <laughs> and I would drink that too. <laughs> it gives you wings. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, that's the wrong time of the month. If it well, does. That's, but anyway. Hey, Michael, Red Bull, Michael, if you want to sponsor Michael. us, come on down. <laughs> Michael Phrasing. Really Wait, what, what should I say? It gives you wings. Wings? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Vagina wings? What right, am I missing go. here? No, you got it. Keep going. All right. All right. Talk out. We'll talk rich. about this later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's your third shakeout. Shake it out. Shake it out, kid. All right. Rich, Wait, tell what, us. What? 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 I fucked it up. Not on you, on me. On me. Anyway. All right. Oh, you piece of shit. Cut all I, this out. Steve, I, literally, <laughs> just one time while I'm in Maryland... I'm going to, don't give me the timeout sign. I'm going to push you down. Just one time. Like, I'm going to, we're going to get really drunk. I'm going to push you down. I'm going to push you yeah, down. But, but when you're editing this pod, cut all this out. All right. I got Watch. it. Yeah, yeah.
No, all no, right. I'm not going to cut all this out. <laughs> Fuck you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this part's staying in. <laughs> all right, I'm so. I'm going to push it down. <laughs> I worked, I worked two. I worked two clopins. There you go. So. Um, yeah, Steve's gone. <laughs> yeah. I. Multiple clubbins. I, I get off at like 11 o'clock. They cut me early because I had been there for a few days and they, I start walking home and I get a text message from this girl who I knew from college and was in the air. And she's like, you need to come to Fed Hill, which is from Fells Point. It is a long way away. It's, it feels like the world away it, in Baltimore. If you live in Baltimore and you live in Fells or Fed and somebody says, come to one or the other, it's like, do you even like me? Right. right. <laughs> like, do you even like me? Like, if you wanted to fuck me, you would come to me. Like, why do you want me to come around the harbor? Exactly. <laughs> and that's my first text was, how drunk are you? That was my first text. <laughs> how drunk <laughs> are you? Correct. Yeah. Good move by you. Yeah. Good okay. move by you. Better I said, I've been, I've been working. Like, I'm not going over there. She goes, no, you really need to see me. Ah. And I was like, all right, let me shower and I'll drive over. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. So I get in my car. I drive over. I'm in the middle of Fed Hill at 1230. I'm like, look, I'm here. Like, are you coming out and meeting me or am I coming in? She's like, you should come in for a drink. So yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Fine. Fuck yes. Because you already drove all the way. You better not be going out anywhere else. Right. So I park my car. I find a good space to leave it overnight. And I get into the bar at like 1250. She's upstairs at one of the popular Fed what Hill bar? bars. What bar? Um, what's on the, what's on, what's the Irish bar? Yeah, disclose the, the name if I have to ah, cut it out because I have enough shit going on. No, nah, it's not. It's it's we're just struggling here with the name. I um, forget. You're struggling. It has three different levels to it. Right. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. God damn. I forget. It's all That's right. what keep, alcohol does. Keep folks, going. By the way. So <laughs> nobles. No, not nobles. It's the Irish. It's the Irish one. Does the Philly cheesesteaks? Right. 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 We have to Google Maps. It's okay. Later. It's a the three-leaf clover. All right, let's there you go. go. Three-leaf clover. I'll look at <laughs> so, these guys. So I get up there and I look around and I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Like this was the worst. You're already ever. showered. You smell nice. You're ready to I, go. I am, but I was thinking with the head of my dick because everybody's yeah. drunk as shit. It's 12:45. Yeah. On a weekend night at in the middle of Fed Hill Bar, so I'm like, "Fuck." So I find her. She's like. Hey, she's in the middle of dance floor. She comes running over to me. She gives me a hug. She's like, grab some drinks. I was like, all right, I'm going to play the catch-up game. So I grabbed two double two double shots, and I grabbed a, a, a few beers, and I pound the shots, and I start drinking the beers. Nice. You got, you got it? McGurk's? Yes, McGurk's. Boom. Thank you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> we Fuck were you bad. guys. We I know, right? Shit. Well, I stopped going to Fed Hill when I was like 22. I know, so but I it's O'Donnell and Charles, man. It's right there. Like, yeah, that's, it is right in the middle. So anyway, you butter. pound that's the shots. You drink the beers. Pound the shot, drink the beers. She's like, I really need to get out of here. I'm like, all right, great. So I close my tab. I'm like, where do you want me to drop you off? She's like, Let's go back to your place. I'm like, great. So we yeah. Uber back to my place. We get in the front door. I'm like, do you want a drink? She's like, yeah. So I grab a few drinks. We start drinking. Start you mean making you, out. You, you continue drinking is what you yes. have to say. Well, Thanks. for me, it was start. You know, after a few. <laughs> I, I was still getting You drank at work. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Well, don't you dare. Don't on. you dare lie to, to me. Fair, to be fair. To I don't. Be fair. 
I don't drink at work. Heavy. I don't. Heavy. Heavy, heavy he says. I don't drink key. at work. Yes, heavy. Yeah. Right, so anyway. <laughs> so we start, we start hooking up. She's like, let's go upstairs. I'm like, great. Perfect. So we, I lived at this point at a, a Fells, Fells Point row home. We go up. I'm on the top. Third, third floor. Yeah, which is upstairs. quite a climb for oh the my people gosh. that don't understand. For the people that don't understand uh, uh, row home districts okay yes. these are tight nine by nines these stairs are steep hey man steep it gets you tight. it gets your heart pumping it gets you ready for what's about to come man. <laughs> i was very vacillated yes i was ready to go uh, yeah. i lived i lived on the top floor man i know uh, i know yes my was a fourth floor motherfucker oh i didn't have it was pumping even more <laughs> did you have a door on your room yes i actually installed a lock on mine oh <laughs> I didn't have a door on mine. It just happened to be a third floor room. Oh. So it echoed everywhere. But anyway, He's like, that's besides yeah, the did you, So I, I just love it. He's like, I, wait, Dick, Dick, I'm sorry. I've got to stop you. You're like, ahead, yeah. did you have a lock? Did you have a lock on yours? I'm like, yeah, I had a lock. He's like, yeah, I didn't have a door. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> what, the fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? You didn't have a goddamn oh, door. Oh, damn it, Mike. You were, you were frozen there for like for like 40 seconds. You were frozen. And the face that you were making oh, was incredible. I wanted to. I was trying to take a picture of it. That I couldn't. Anyway, go it. on. So you're up fucking in your room with no door. No. False. We go upstairs. <laughs> I go to the bathroom. She goes in the bed. I get out of the bathroom. I go into bed. She turns over. She goes, you know, I think I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And she turns her back to me. And uh, I'm laying there like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, I just, I, and I'm trying to put the pieces together. Like, did I misread something? Did no, something? you didn't. So I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. No. So I end up going to bed. I end up going to bed after an hour of me, like, trying to put the pieces yeah. together. yeah. As a logical person fucking would. Yes, thank you. Go on. I Stop, fall asleep. Stop. Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> I fall asleep. I wake up 35 minutes later to the sound. This sound. Like, what is that sound? I wake up. I look around. I can't find it. I turn and look over. The girl that I brought home is on her back with her feet on the bed. So her knees are straight up. And she is spraying pee onto my bed oh. just spraying it from her dress out just shooting damn what bullets out spraying wait, 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 it where like fuck. out off the side of the bed like onto like the middle of the bed on no. so she was laying down and she was peeing onto the middle what? of the bed yes her legs are lifted she's not asleep Okay, at the time I thought she was asleep. Yeah, because you're a fucking idiot. You're you're an optimist. We already established so, this. Well, the whole story doesn't tell you I'm an idiot. Continue. So. No, hold on, hold on. Continue. No, you're not an idiot. You're not an idiot. Was you're an awake? optimist. Yes, yes. Was so, she awake? Yeah. I couldn't tell. I thought she was asleep. Her eyes were she closed. She was awake. She's peeing. Yikes. I didn't Yikes. say anything, but she's Yikes. peeing. She is peeing in the middle of my bed. So I my jump out of bed. Christ. And I think she's done. And I'm like, great. And all of a sudden, I see her stomach tense up and just start spraying more bullets out of key, Jesus just right in the middle of the bed. So I'm like, Christ. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is horrible. So I grab a pillow. <laughs> I grab a pillow. You smother her with it, right? Just go to sleep forever. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with that bed, by the way. So I grab a pillow. I grab a sheet. I lay down on the floor. 
I go to bed. It's probably like eight o'clock in the morning. I wake up to the sound of it's her rolling around in the bed. Oh the bed is God. still wet. The no. bed is Whoa. still wet. I, ro- I hear her rolling around in the bed. And she wakes up. And at this point, I have my eye cracked open. Like, I don't want I don't want that awkward conversation. Like, I don't no. want that to be... Hey, you piss all over my bed in my room. <laughs> you, would you right. like breakfast? I've got right. some eggs. How do you <laughs> like them? <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly. not how that goes. So, she wakes up. She realizes what she's done. She puts her Whoa, shoes on. really? And I, yo, oh, the, the look on her face made me think that she had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and like she, this. I heard her run down the stairs and run out the door. Like literally run down the stairs. Whoa. So that was probably the worst, the worst possible story. I could have given well, it's you. It's not the worst. Now, it's not the worst. The but that's is, really the fucking is, bad. Yeah. Did you ever see her again at BFs? No. No, she never, never. came back. Never. Okay. Wow. So, can, will, will you guys let me go on a little bit of a tangent here? Yes. A little drunk Michael tangent. I love drunk okay. Michael tangents. So, here's the difference between men and women. Okay? Man would have fucked you before he pissed all over your fucking bed. <laughs> And a man, and a man probably would have fucked you after you pissed all over <laughs> I'm just saying, possible. We've, a woman will you come know, in and piss. I, mean, I don't know why you're making come it in, like this, but like a woman true. will come in and piss all over your fucking bed and never fuck you. If a man's gonna piss on your bed, he's gonna fuck you one way or another. This seems the very vindictive. It's uh, not vindictive. It's not vindictive. Okay. It okay, is not. Nice. I've never had a woman piss on my bed. All right, yeah, I, Michael, I, Dick. I, Michael, I fucking. I, I don't feel your pain, but I fucking sympathize, man. A man will fuck you before or after he pisses on your bed. A woman will just piss on your bed and fucking run out. All right, just. You go ahead, Look, Steve. Light me up. I don't fucking care. It's the goddamn I'm not truth, lighting you man. Up. The fact of the matter is this: men are terrible creatures. Women yeah, are yeah. more so are creatures. women too. However, however, human beings are terrible creatures. Can we just all agree finish. on that? Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> occasionally, men dip into a sense of class, and occasionally, women dip into a sense of vulgarity. Okay. The and fuck the f- are you talking about? No. <laughs> What I'm talking about is that nine times out of ten, men are pigs and women are classy. Women are pigs, too. I have been to fucking time, female strip clubs. I've the seen 10% it all, The ten percent of the time, women are pigs and men are classy. And that People is the are very, pigs. Human beings We're going to have to cut all this. We're going to have to cut all no, this. No, we're That's not. That's the fact of the matter. Look, the, the, uh, yeah, the, well, we are. the potential well, we are. for human ingenuity and creativity is boundless. And also, people are fucking shit, Okay. But I'm just, yeah. I'm tired of this fucking dynamic of men are pigs That's and women are, right. we're whatever. Peep, no, we're not. We're absolutely not. I control the Question fucking cutting. Ten. Question number 10. No, but we God are. damn it. Question, all right. Hey. Question oh, number oh. nine. Question number nine. Bar I love you, ladies. Right? I love you. Yeah, do you? Do you know? Yes. I fucking do. do. I love the real ones. I love the real ones. I love all the all real right. people. Question I don't give a nine. shit who you are. I love the real people. We're going to talk about this. Same. You can piss Question all over my bed if you're real. Just tell me. <laughs> just, just tell me and don't run out. All right? Yeah. Buy me breakfast. But, okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Question number nine. Bar hazing pranks and games. Tell us what you've done over a time to, like, kill time or just to fuck with people. So, 
one of my fondest memories from number two is Kino. So, of course. So, for those of you who don't know, Kino is just a random uh, 20 numbers, one through 80, and you, you wager based on, like, how many numbers are going to It's hit. like a yeah, state you lottery pick, you game. You just pick random numbers, yeah. Yeah. Right, but for the people that don't have Kino, it's like a lottery game. Yes. So, we had it at number two. And one in of... In the bar. In the bar. And it would be... It would go on... I don't know how early it would start, but it would go until about 2 a.m. would be the cutoff. And we would play it while we were at work. I mean, I right. can't say how well, many days. You, well, you, it's, it's on a screen in the bar. It's well, yeah, continually but I mean, happening. Yeah, but just when we were slow, I can't tell you how many times Rich and I were just sitting there like, oh, let's put in a ticket. We don't have any customers. Right. Well, that, I'm, I'm just trying to explain like how Kino works to maybe people who don't know what Kino is. Right. Like, like There's a screen in the bar. It's, it's, it's like almost like a little bit of a horse race. You have a card, a Kino card. You fill out your numbers. Yeah. and then It's 80 numbers. They come out uh, at random. They pick 20 numbers of the 80. If your numbers hit, you make money. That's right. that's it's as simple as that. It's it's yeah. kind of like it's somewhere between like um, bingo and uh, like roulette. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. It's like bingo and roulette yeah. fucked and made a and and made a gambling game. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's for, it's for it's for degenerates is what it's for. Correct. So yeah, so we already stated my affinity for gambling. So this Love was just uh, this was just another drop in the pot. So. Um, one of the guys I worked with, uh, at number two, um, we came in one day, we were like, all right, let's throw a ticket in. So we threw a ticket in, we did a multiplier, multiplier was four. We hit our numbers. It hit for $800. So at, at 10 50 AM, AM on a Sunday during our shift, we had already made $400. Nice. A piece. A piece. So we look at each other and we're like, don't care. <laughs> how quickly can we spend this money? No, the, it was how quickly <laughs> can we get somebody else in here? Because I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I, made, I made the money I wanted to make today. Don't care no more. Don't want to be here anymore. So we paid, we did all the morning shift work and we paid two people a hundred dollars to come in and take our shift nice. and we we netted three hundred dollars and we nice. went and we did brunch and we hung out and we ended up making two hundred dollars that day not working a single nice. just by doing shift work so yeah. in my mind in my mind that's the thing that stands out and as steve said we would always play it just like you know just oh hey, yeah we make 30 you bucks help let's yourself. go pull it out let's go pull it out and play a ticket you couldn't help yourself i mean i'll tell you and we've talked about this on the pod you know if 20 minutes goes by where i don't have a table or i don't have shit to do you you bet your sweet ass i'm gonna play a kino card 12 bucks like why not let's 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 find out if we can make this a worthwhile but um you know the place that we worked at there were shifts that we knew that were going to get hammered, right? right? Like we knew those Saturday morning shifts you were going to get hammered. We knew those Sunday morning shifts you were going to hammer, but it was all time-wise, right? Like so Sunday morning that Rich and I used to work together, we weren't going to get hit until 1230, right? right? You know, so – and we would get there at 10, 10 or 11 o'clock. And, and so there would be an hour and a half – before people would really be flooding in. And that's when we'd be sitting there looking at each other like, well, we've cut fruit, we have a forest <laughs> stock. Right. What are we supposed to do? I mean, 
We can watch each other jerk off or we can play Keno. You we know? did that last night. What's the point of that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Come on. Right. Right. Jesus so Christ. so that's how you, that's how you end up playing you, you know, you end up playing Keno. And I'll tell you, if you're at a bar, most bars that do have Keno, I think it's pretty strict about bartenders not playing. And that that leads on top of that to number two about how lax the rules were there. Well you wanna get general. you wanna get around that, you play a game called Fuck the Governor. Uh, or fuck the state. Go? Yes, or fuck the state. Where does that go? Tell them. You get a group of people. Everybody throws in a dollar. You pull okay. a keynote card. You pull a keynote card, and everybody initials. It's a buck for a number. Buck for a number. So you initial what number you want. Okay. If your number hits and nobody else's number hits, then that then you get the pot. But if more than one number hits, then the pot doubles. Everybody throws in another dollar, so it okay. can grow pretty quickly. But you're not really putting a lot of skin in the game, and it's pretty yeah, fun. Which we is that, that, it, that's the best kind of gambling for me, where you, you're not risking a yeah. lot, but you can gain a lot. And we had a, like I had a lot of our my buddies come in, and we would hang out with a, some of the reg, like some of the cooler regulars at number two, and we would do that all the time. You know, like yeah. throw a buck in, and you know we'd pause for like that thirty seconds for the numbers to come up <laughs> and watch it, oh, like cheer great. it on. It's great. It was just so much fun. There's nothing like ca- there's nothing like catching a good keno board. You yes. know, it's like watching yes. a, it's like watching the horses coming in, man. I'll tell yeah. you what, it's good. That's, it's that's good. what I was gonna say. I've I've won a lot of money off of uh, the horses while I was in Maryland working at a bar. You know, we we do the five dollar pot, you put a five dollar bill in and you get a random fucking horse drawn. And I won on Orbit and some other fucking horse. But I like I was working a shift I won ninety bucks just by That's putting awesome. five bucks in. It's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> None I like ran that. into the I'll kitchen you... shouting and all all the cooks were like, Fuck <laughs> off, man. Shut the fuck That's, up. You know, Get back funny. to That's, work, asshole. <laughs> That's something we haven't talked to a, a lot about on the pod, but um you know, one of the best things about the restaurant business are are all the underground backdoor things that you get exposed to. Like part of it is drugs and alcohol. Okay. And part of it is a good party. And like part of it is if you're underage, you can find a way to have a ton of fun that is not necessarily kosher. The bartender ran podcast does not condone everything yeah, right. we say on the bartender ran <laughs> <Right>. podcast. <laughs> but you know, you know the thing the thing of it is this business is um it's a un it's like an unfettered breeding ground for all kinds of bad behavior. And while that can be judged in all kinds of different ways, it does expose people to some interesting things. Like the first time I ever saw sports gambling in my life is when I was washing dishes and I saw a bookie come into a restaurant that I was washing dishes in and place bets four people that worked in that restaurant that were placing sports bets to that bookie while I'm uh, a 14, 15 year old watching dishes. And it's like, like to me at the time, you know, I didn't even think twice about it. It didn't even necessarily even make sense to even register, but that that's how this business is. It's on the edge of uh, legal, illegal, (laughs) like kind of, on the edge of like what's okay and not okay. Like it, it, it feels a little bit alive in, in that sense, but um, we got to take it home here. I'm in. I'm this ready. Is question number 10. You have done a fantastic job to bring it through the gauntlet. This is, 
firing and quitting stories, and I've lost my co-host here. <laughs> I've lost him. He must have run out of cups. Yeah, well, that's probably what it is. But we affectionately No, I, call... I had one more cup. Okay, thank God. We affectionately call this category <laughs> fuck, what, Michael? Fuck you guys. Getting 86, you piece of shit. Yeah, getting 86. I'm, I'm sparking right. up the rest of this doobie for this one. And you know what? It's decriminalized in Missouri, which is where I am right now. So long live Powerbox. <laughs> All right, so tell us about 86. So it's funny because I had worked at so long at both jobs where <laughs> you had that tenure. Yes, I had that tenure. I, w- I had seniority at both places, and it was just kind of interesting in two different ways where I essentially was removed from the job. I never was never fired. I was just removed. The first whoa, 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 job. What does that mean? What does that mean? Removed but not fired. Explain that. So the first job at BF, um, the the ownership changed hands. So one of the owners uh, sold her stock to one of the new bartenders that was a Fells Point guy. He had been in a lot of places. He currently owns it now, and they essentially stopped scheduling me, and I. Was at you the point that where goes I was phased out. Like I didn't really pursue it. I was at a point where I didn't necessarily need the extra money. I still liked bartending, but I, I, I wasn't going to go out of my way because I picked up other part time jobs. So yeah, it was but they, just, just, they, they they just kind of worked you out, which is kind of shitty too. Right. It was it was shitty, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like it was it was not great, but it's like it, it's like a girlfriend who just stops calling. Right. Who, yeah, I got ghosted, essentially. Yes. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. So the second job at number two, I was the most senior bartender. And the most coveted shift at this place was Thanksgiving Eve. It's in Baltimore, as I'm, I'm so sure it's a lot of places. It is. It's everybody comes home. Even the older people have a lot of reunions, high school reunions. If those of you who don't know Baltimore. Or America for that, for that. No, hold on, hold on. When they ask, where did you go to school? They're not asking college. They're asking high school. There's a a multitude of different private high schools in the area. And it's a very different experience in Baltimore. Like, I'm not saying that there aren't parts of the country that experience thanksgiving eve like we do but but there's something interesting about baltimore in the sense that there are there are like rich said all these private high schools that dominate baltimore city and so the thanksgiving eve celebration seems to be this almost like extra rowdy uh uh holiday like nothing else because it is when everybody is back home. And and that is why if you're part of that high school private scene, and, it, and most of these are Catholic schools, mm-hmm. right? They're like Catholic yep. private high schools. Uh-huh. If you're part of that scene, it becomes aggressive, dude. Yes. Like it is. Every person in the entire county, state area that's like, I'm part of this. I'm getting wasted tonight. I don't give a fuck. I love God more than you do. No, it's not. A, it's not a religion. No, it's thing. not that at all. 
It's, it's not, just trust me. None no, of them, no. none, none of them give a fuck about religion. Sorry, I went to a private high school, a, and you've heard my mouth this whole episode. So no, yeah, no, that was that, right that was that was a bad attempt at a joke. <laughs> it, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's more just about an elitism, yeah. right? Like there's yes. like a certain status of being involved in these private high schools that becomes like, hey, we can do whatever we want, and because I, God is on our side. <laughs> there it's it is usually, i got it i got it you know what usually is it's because lacrosse is on our side yes, yes that's the truth the flow god yes <laughs> but anyway it all culminates in thanksgiving Eve. it all culminates in thanksgiving Eve with all these motherfuckers come back home and they're like we are causing a ruckus and nobody could stop us that's really how it comes down to it so yes. anyway we were at Rich and I were at bar number two, and Thanksgiving Eve kind of became like we were unfortunately in the target zone of all of these high schools. And you would, so we would staff five, five bartenders, and, and like two, two and and two nuns. And yes, yes. I'm you sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to let it everywhere. go. I apologize. So fuck, <laughs> no, you. fuck you guys. I, no. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. So it was just a super busy shift. Like the, the older guys who had kids would come out and they would blow so much money. They would, t- they would tip crazy. Like with all the people we had staffed, everybody would leave there with like six, seven hundred dollars. And Jesus for, Christ. And for that shit, like for that bar, that's like three four times as much as you would normally get yeah absolutely yeah that's not that's not regular yeah right exactly so it's just hey we want that chip so as the senior bartender like i'm september is when we normally start you know ramping things up like who Mm. are we gonna have here and i said hey listen i know who works here i know who will bust their ass i know who won't freak out who can handle it right Cause it is it, I, it's slinging lot. drinks. That I I hate that phrase, but that's <laughs> what it is. It's slinging drinks. You are literally going, "Hey, what do you, you, and you want?" Great. I'm going and grabbing everything for three people at a time. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Like yeah. as a bartender, you love that. You love just busting yeah. your ass. You're not thinking about things. You're just reacting. Yeah. Here, here, here. Yeah, I think I think you speak to a lot of people who are bartenders when you say we're not thinking about things. I think that's what we're all going for. Right, exactly. You just hear it and do it. You know, there's no thinking. If you think, you're behind. Like that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're ten drinks behind them. That's like right, that. <laughs> for sure. So they kind of like say, "All right, we'll we'll let you know." It's October. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm ready. Like, I know who I want. We need to put together our roster. Right, exactly. We We need to get it set in stone. Who's going to work this shift? Because I I hate it. I remember this happening. Yes. What you're talking about right now. Because, like, I was talking to Steve. I'm like, who? uh, We were talking together. Like, who who else can be on the shift? Can we get the shift together? Because it's been – now, you have to understand, Rich and I have been working this shift that we're talking about, Thanksgiving Eve, three, four years in a row. I mean, this is not – this is not new, right? But we're trying to put together a roster for that night so we make sure that we're set up for success. And yeah. and I remember Rich is getting more more frustrated by the day because it's like they won't give him a definitive answer on who's working it. Right. And to be fair, I had been going into that place because of the things that have been happening more pissed off. You know, like I was just getting frustrated. 
Okay. Like the regulars we had were being, like in my mind, were being dickheads. And I should say some of them, some of them were being dickheads. It's the normal group. And, and just things were starting to piss me off more and more. So I was just getting agitated. And this was just the last straw. So I finally pinned down one of the guys. I'm like, listen, what the fuck is going on? Like, just shoot it straight. He's like, yeah. you're not you're not on the shift. Essentially yeah. is what he said. Yeah. I'm like, great. Awesome. So this was on a Saturday. I went in on a Saturday. I went in on my day off to go in and talk to him. I come in on Sunday. I say, look, here is my two-week notice mm-hmm. letter. But you need to find somebody to cover my shifts because I'm not fucking coming in. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> like, if you're not going to give me the courtesy ahead of time, then I'm not yeah. going to give you the courtesy ahead of time. Absolutely. So that's it. Yeah. Here, here's my letter that says I quit, but fuck yourself. I'm not showing yeah. up for the last two weeks. Yeah. So that was that. You still came in like a fucking man. Yeah. A man yeah. who said, go fuck yourself. You know what's funny? <laughs> So I was working there through that time, and they also didn't give me that shift. And I also quit at the same time. So I actually quit two weeks after that. Um, I worked through the first week of December and ended up quitting right before the Christmas holiday. Um, so you and I were back to back. And it's it's so crazy because I heard from a lot of the regulars how let down they were. Not the fact that we weren't there. But the fact that their service was terrible. Yeah, because you guys weren't fucking there. Right. Well, yeah, but 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 the frank frankly, it was not necessarily just Rich and I. It's it's how bars decide like bars are so un like unstrategically emotional, right? In those moments, they have these like emotional bursts where it's like, fuck you guys, or like they have uh, this emotional outburst where it's like, okay, we're going to get new people onto this right. shift and, and they handle it in the wrong way. And they actually make themselves less money and they make their bartenders less money because they rely on personal vendettas. And, and it's an unfortunate thing, but it's too common. It really is. And, and that's exactly what happened in the scenario that we're talking about is, is for whatever reason, People said, okay, the old guard, not that we were that old of a guard, but like the old I guard mean, who was bartending uh, this group, uh, we need to transition to new people, which I, I thought was crazy. They weren't prepared. They didn't handle the night well. And I, I heard from so many regulars that they didn't get the experience that they wanted mm-hmm. because you didn't have people there to handle what was expected, which right. is the overflow along with the new crowd. You've got to balance that. You've got to balance the regulars with the overflow and you've got yeah. to do that delicately because mm-hmm. you can't piss off your regulars who come there every day yeah. who it's a special day and they expect, exactly. they still expect that special service. And that again, and honestly, those regulars deserve it, man. Like they, right. they're they there all the fucking they time. They're, of always, they they're paying tabs. They're tipping the people out. Like they deserve to be treated like fucking regulars, man. And that's a thing that I stopped doing with some of these regulars that pissed me off. A lot of them would walk through the door and I would just hand them their beer. Like I would know what they drank. And then the ones that pissed me off so much towards the end of my tenure at this place, I would say, so tell me, what do you want? 
Like, I wouldn't give them a beer. I'd, I'd make them tell me what they wanted. Right. Because yeah. you know what? I'm knocking you on a fucking peg. You know? You're a you're fucking, fucking asshole. Peg. I love it. And, and the, <laughs> the truth is, that night that night that you're talking about, because I didn't get to bartend that night either, that night came down to bar politics. Yep. It, uh, a lot of people um, don't know the behind the scenes of what happened there, but the truth is, for anybody that's listening that might have been there that night or bartended that night or might be in the same group as Rich and I, the truth is is that one of the owner's daughters took over. She sent the entire bar in a different direction. And since then, it's never been the same. Mm. I've left. Rich has left. Tons of other good people have left. And it's never been the same. That bar has been in business for 70 years. And it's all led up to, honest to God, I think we can honestly put that night down. I don't mean to be so like dramatic, but I think we can put that night down as a turning point where the relationship between the bartenders and the customers changed because management changed. Yep. That particular owner's daughter took took control of the place, and it, it's never quite been the same joint since. I loved working there for five of my six years, but that last year, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people who end up leaving on bad terms from their from their bartending shit, like from their bartending jobs. Like it just those you love going to your job and it doesn't matter shitty things happen. You love yeah. going there and you can shake yeah. them off. But that last year I couldn't shake off yeah. the shitty things and it just kind of go. builds on it. So instead of liking to go there, instead of wanting to go there, you're like, mm-hmm. I got to fucking go again. Like, this is fucking stupid. Yep. You know, That's even if you're on two hours of sleep, right. Even if you're on two hours of sleep, if you like bartending, if you like yeah. your job, you're like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go. Like I like yeah. the regulars. I like the bartenders, but it just shit kind of built on shit. Yeah. And that was it. It was a crazy situation, but I, I knew why you left when you left. And uh, honestly, got to respect you for it. And, I, and I'm having, I was so happy. I didn't know if we were going to get to it on this particular pod, but I'm, I'm happy you've said your piece on that particular point. But yeah. look, Rich, you crushed it, man. Bravo. You made it through <laughs> the gauntlet. We are so we are so Golf proud club. of you, and 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 the stories were fantastic, my friend. Um, yeah, absolutely. Before we get wrapped up tonight, we always like to have our cleanup section. We call this our uh, "How's My Driving." Love okay? it. Which obviously uh, Steve should not be driving because you're giving me shit tonight. But look, neither you. should you. <laughs> neither should you, or or any of us. But I got a um, hall pass, asshole. <laughs> you do have a hall pass. You do have a hall pass. But look. One of the things we want to understand is any recommendations you have for the pod, questions we might not have asked, or just any food, beverage, drink, bar, restaurant recommendations that you might have, like where you like to go, what you like to eat, shit like that. So, All right. I'm going to throw a whole bunch of shit at you. I go for prepared. it. All go right. for it. I love yeah. it. All right. Love the I first off, I love the pod. Like I couldn't have burned through all the episodes if I didn't like it. Number one. Well thank you. Right. So and, and and as Steve and I always say, we're only as good as our fucking guests. Well, I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. Well we do too, man, because this has been a great episode. This this is why Steve and I keep doing this, because it's it's honestly just a lot of fun. And you know, yeah, having guests on who are you know lifetimers having mm-hmm. people who are out it's just a whole bunch of different perspectives yeah where it doesn't matter where you are in your service industry journey like you can identify with everything that's going yeah. on whether you're back of the house, front 100%. Of the house. so 100%. i love that um what i would love to add 
with the tips part is just your favorite shift. So Ooh, we talked about New Year's. I like this. This is new. We talked about New Year's or we talked about Thanksgiving Eve with number two, but I want to bring up my favorite shift. And it was with uh, F with uh, BF. It was the New Year's Eve shift. So with the liquor license downtown, you were allowed to open for 24 hours. Extra late. Yeah. You were allowed wow. to open for 24 hours this one day a week. Good. So <laughs> like this. my shift at BF was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So I would nice. go in at dark and I would come out when the sun was coming up. <laughs> Bars in the area would stay open until four o'clock and then all the bartenders would come to us because we were the only yes. ones open. Yes. Nice. We make extra, we... extra bartender money. It was a fucking rager in the bar at four <laughs> o'clock. And all of a sudden you look over your shoulder. It's five thirty. <laughs> We're playing techno music. The sun's coming up. People the are throwing money. Throwing money. The, they're just throwing and every, money. And it's gotta be everybody throwing cash because they've been getting yes, cash all night. Throwing yeah. cash at you. Wow. And that's then we incredible. transition from that crowd to a brunch crowd. So there have been times where oh we've been so God. busy during brunch, they pull me. So I go from six PM to ten AM and just walk home. And hit every bar on the way home. Like here, here's here. Give me a natty bow. Here's a twenty. Keep it. Here you go. Here's a natty bow. Here's a twenty. Keep it. On the way home. Paying it forward. (laughs) Most memorable shift. Like maybe, excuse me, something happened or you know, just I think most memorable shift would be great. I love that. that I really do. Okay, most memorable shift. I love it. You know, it it it's so funny because um, if you, I know you said you have listened to. Uh, the episode where we interviewed the New Orleans bartender. Yes. And he talked about how um, every year on Mardi Gras, they would take acid. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And so kind of what you're talking about is that, right? <laughs> like, that's the memory. That's the special shift, yes. right? Like, the shift that we all take acid, right? <laughs> it's the one you come You know, you right. know it's coming. I love that, dude. Like, the pinnacle. Yes. The pinnacle yes. of the bartending profession for... I love that, man. Like the idea that there's like a, I would, uh, that there's a precipice to reach. I, I, I will say for my career, it has always been Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. That has always been the one. But, um, you know, I've never really worked at a bar that's been like a New Year's bar. Or like, I, I've had some friends that have worked at like bars that crush on like 4th of July, right? Like Memorial Day and stuff like that. <laughs> But the one that's always been for me where it's like I'm targeting, um, I, I have to have that shift. I have to fight for it like right. is Thanksgiving Eve. That's that's my one. Or maybe it's not a yearly I love the thing. question. I love the question. It might be something like it was this one shift where it's a perfect storm. We had all great tippers in. Like we yeah, had great so like, customers like in. talking about the experience of like one particular event. Right, like you flowed from table to table. Everything, the stars aligned. Everything happened. Talk perfectly. to us about talk to you know us, talk to you know what me. you know what your uh, your recommendation makes me think of Tony right. Castino Tony Castino's recommendation from what episode three. Oh yeah, fucking server nightmares. Yeah, so this is Bar the positive part of that, right? <laughs> this is the opposite. They, they're, no, they're they're not the same at all. But like, they're both very real, good fucking additions to the fucking podcast. To where like everyone can relate to, relate to them. The fucking sure. pinnacle shifts and the fucking bartender or server nightmares. I I yeah. I've not been serving or bartending for like over five years, six years now. I still have fucking 
server nightmare. Still, like literally the last one, Caitlyn Jenner was my boss. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but she she was there. Okay. All right. Well, that's a great transition to the final question, which is, uh, you know, we always like to ask our our guests uh, one final closing set of questions. Uh, why do you do this? AKA, why do you hate yourself? Now I know you're out of the game, yes. but what is it that makes you uh, attracted to this business? Yeah. So, you know, when I when I got out, you know, COVID hit four or five months later, and you know, I realized that being in a bar, working in a bar, was not a possibility. You know, for a while, and I didn't know what at what time that would happen. Um, so. I had owned my house for about two years and I decided to kind of tailor my basement to what I would assume a bar would feel like, like an at home bar. And that's like the way a, I cook. A fucking, a fucking dive bar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this earlier. I have a, a fridge in my basement that's only for beer, liquor, whatever. Yep. I have, you know, a bar, um, fully stocked bar. I've got all my glassware downstairs. I've got five TVs for live sports. And it, it honestly, every month, at least once a month, I have people over. And so Dick, yes. I, I don't, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, no, I think we, I think what you're describing is a fucking speakeasy, man. And and that's what it comes to mind. It was like a COVID speakeasy at the time yeah. because getting together, you know, at this time was not like, was not something we should have done. Exactly. But, yeah. It, it's yeah. discouraged. Right. That's fucking awesome. So, you know, we we hooked it up. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. You built that for the people. Yeah. Yeah, cool. you fucking virus spreading motherfucker. <laughs> That's, That's right. Great. <laughs> L- luckily, no no positive right. tests. <laughs> Knock on wood, you know. But uh but no, it's transition into like at least once a month we have people we host. Like we have people yeah. It's good. I cook, I, I serve drinks, like I do all that. So you know, even though I'm out of it, I, I'm not really out of it. You know, I've kind of okay. Then, it then I have a question for you because obviously, like, I feel like your bar is is a speakeasy. It's yes. a hole in the wall that like only the cool fucking kids know about, right? Yes. So here's here's my question then, right? Follow up question: What is your signature drink? Oh, so and I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna speak to you on this one because okay. this is what you did in the first episode. So. I love martinis and I yeah. specifically love gin martinis. Yeah. And when my dad used to go out, he used to have quarrels with bartenders because he didn't understand a martini meant with vermouth. You know, uh-huh. it has a little bit of vermouth with it. Yeah. When I was introduced to the martini with my dad, it's literally <laughs> ice and gin with a few olives. That's it. <laughs> gin on the yeah. rocks is what it is. It's not a yeah. martini. Right. It's just gin on the rocks. <laughs> So rocks without the rocks, you just take them out afterward. (laughs) Right. So my signature drink is the gin martini for my dad. It's the gin on the rocks with a few blue blue cheese or garlic cheese. You motherfucker. I love you. Not necessarily vermouth or dirty. No, if you ask for dirty or you ask for vermouth, I'm sorry. I'm about to go. All right, I know. Okay. I know now. I know yes. now. When I come to your speakeasy, I'm just drinking a gin martini. I will well, gladly serve you gin on the rocks. <laughs> you know what? As long as long as I have those dirty fucking 
uh, blue cheese stuffed olives. Look how sexual he's getting. He is. He's making love to that microphone. (laughs) Mike, stop looking at the microphone. Stop looking at the microphone. No, I'm just saying. All right. You see those blue blue cheese stuffed olives. Let's bring this bad boy home. Mike, do you want to ask me? Hold on. Let me pull my pants up. All right. All right, Mike, you want to ask him the final question? Are you zipped up? Are you zipped up? Yeah, I do. I do. I want to. I want to ask him, Steve. Yeah, I'm zipped up. All right, ask him. Ask him the question. The final question. Let's bring so, it. So, dick, my sweet, sweet dick, the <laughs> dick that Steve and I have taken all night and have loved and enjoyed immensely. Uh, sorry. I feel like that's not the first time you've said that, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. All right. So, if you open a bar, wait. That's the last question we that's did. That's it. That, right? That's it. You're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Come on. We did it though. So if you open no, a bar, we didn't. if you open a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme be? Maybe so some kind of a speakeasy bar? Mike, no, shut I up. got I got the perfect I got it perfect. I got it perfect. Okay. So if I were to open a bar right now, okay. it would be a sports bar because Maryland is about to legalize sports betting. So Ooh, it would be a an entrepreneur. And I don't think Baltimore has a legitimate sports bar. Like we have bars that kind of tailor in these different neighborhoods to like all the younger population, but they don't have a legitimate sports bar. Okay. So, Steve, can, can, well, Steve, well, can you concur? Um, not, you know, I, I gotta be honest with you. I slightly disagree. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I would a- I would ask you what would distinguish, distinguish your distinguish. sports bar. What would, what would distinguish you? Yes, thank you. What would distinguish your bar from uh, uh, some of the other sports bars that are here? Like, for example, mm-hmm. um, the All-American Steakhouse is all the TVs. I don't love it there. I don't love it there. I would classify that as a sports bar, yes. Okay. Um, some of the other uh, corporate ones, like we unfortunately have now a multiple Buffalo Wild Wings in the city limits, including Towson. Um, the Green Turtle has a Green Turtle downtown. They have a Green Turtle in Towson. Like, what what separates your sports bar? Would it be like, bar. like the opportunity for live gambling on site? So that's part of it. And I think that's a big part of, like, if you were able to get into the market right now, being able to offer live gambling would be yes. part of it. Yeah, live, live gambling, I think, I think really is what the, the centric you know, part is my big, because my big thing is that you could provide every table with an iPad so they could do all the live gambling at the table. Or you have a little screen, right? You have a little screen for them. You have the kiosk. So you have to worry about that. But see with the green turtle that turns into like a nightclub at night, like a sports bar is just a standalone sports bar. Strictly. You know, it, it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's face value, you know? And that's why, like these places like a McGurk's or like these places downtown that turn into these, you know, you know, at, at after 11 o'clock, they turn into, you know, a 21 to 24 year old yeah. hump fest, you know, it's essentially what it is, <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it's a dry hump fest, you know, over to close. So, you know, I, I think that there's a market for that where you serve, you serve bar food, but you serve mm-hmm. also decent enough food. That would yeah. pacify the wives or the children. Yeah, not just fucking chicken them. tenders. Like, you, you yeah, right, stuff. exactly. Right. I do yeah. think I, – I, I do tend to agree with you that there is a market for a middle to higher end food value with a gambling focus because gambling 
especially in the sports bar level and like the live betting level. Oh yes, live betting. I know this doesn't mean anything to Michael. No, I, I'm just, you just sound drunk as shit. You piece of shit. That's all. You sound, that's you all. Sound drunk as shit. He's like, no, but, when, when you like, and you're like the gambling and like, and you, there's salads. Is that what I sound like? That is how I was like, go on. Sorry. Regardless, I think stuff. it's a great idea. <laughs> You know, my, I'm, I'm not saying live, it's not a great idea. I'm saying you're a drunk piece of shit. I think if we integrate a live betting bar, there's some potential. Oh, it, it's more than potential. You make your money from the book right there. Like, you know, that's a lot of your overhead that you get right from the betting part of well, it. Well, they, they, they say that the number one thing about any bar or restaurant is time in the seat. Right. Right. If you can get somebody glued to the seat, if you can get them uh, a reason that they have to sit there and watch the game or sit there they're going to gamble you can make your profit back so i i think there's an enormous opportunity what would you call i would be very simple riches riches oh <laughs> oh it's not even it hurts. Name. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. god damn it the sports book keep it simple the sports the, book. the, the sports fucking book. sports bar keep it simple the sports book. where it. are you going the sports book. <laughs> well well this it. is this has been an absolute blast my friend rich I appreciate you. Pleasure. Yeah, Richmond, you on. came in. You came in. Steve and I were all, both already a little bit fucked up, but man, you carried us through this entire fucking episode. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the listeners. Off. Yes, you've listened to a very Grand Marnier and Natty <laughs> Bo soaked episode. We appreciate you. God, I we wish I powered through. Thank Rich, uh, and thank Michael for being yeah. a patient motherfucker tonight. That's right. Benevolent. That's right. Angelic, some would say. (laughs) Despite his alcoholic tone, we love him. We love Rich. We will see you soon on the next episode. Steve, Steve, tell him what it. What is it? What do they need to do right now? Go fuck yourselves. Fuck off. (laughs) Hey everyone, thanks a lot for listening, (laughs) y'all. We really hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes. On a couple weeks or like a month later. And uh, you know, as always, a big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor. Uh, their song, Fast One, you've heard at the beginning of the show and at different parts of the show. And you're also listening to their song right now. And if you like the song, which you obviously should if you have a good taste in music, you should go check them out. They're on Facebook, they're on Spotify, and uh, show them some love. Yeah, because they're the best. And they've been so nice to us. Um, if you want to be one of our regulars follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at brp drink along just a reminder the facebook tag is at the brp drink along because i fucked up and i changed the handle okay um you can listen along on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, youtube and spotify at the bartender rant podcast Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us, and we also need the personal validation. You don't say that with enough love, man. We need the personal validation. Please jerk Mike off, okay? Is that is that enough for you? <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. You continue. like it, too. <laughs> please continue. If you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Room Podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at our bar. No matter how many seats, we're going to make room for you. You're going to get access to the bonus content. You're going to have a chance to vote on the new episode content. And you're going to receive a 10% discount on all of our wonderful merchandise. 
That's right, proud GGPG <laughs> backslash bartender rant. And if yeah, you I don't think you and I've ever been, I don't think you and you and I've ever been this fucked up for an outro. Probably not, but we're gonna power through. If you want to be a big tipper, I got tipper, a hall pass. I got a hall pass. <laughs> yes, you do. If you want to be a big tipper, aka one of our bozels, feel free to make a donation on PayPal at the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. Look, Mike and I do this because we love this we industry. We love this industry. We really do. And we love doing this podcast. Uh, and we love bringing you break, great, great content. But this is not our day job. And obviously, uh, based on how uh, sober we are right now, we're not professionals at this, okay? <laughs> but look, with your help... We're never going to get a sponsorship, man. Probably. <laughs> this is, it's just not going to happen. But with your help, we can keep the stories coming. From coast to coast. And interview local bartenders from coast to coast. <laughs> but it's only with your help. Only with your help we, can we do that. Um, and as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. Goddamn. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Now, those dirty Shirley's aren't that bad, but they don't. They really not. They don't sit in the stomach very well. I'm no, just... the the grenadine, the syrup is bad. You know, my my constitution just does not work for vodka. It's just does not work. For <laughs> I think it's really. I think it's the cherry syrup is what it is. Right. All right. Everybody ready? Going a couple seconds of dead air, and I'm coming in. Yep. Let's do it. Very good. All right. Couple seconds of dead air, and let's bring them on in. Oh, let me switch my papers. All right. Couple seconds of dead air, and let's bring them on in. I said dead air, Steve. Dead air. Not laughing Steve air. <laughs> Ready? Shut up. Or, God damn it, guys. We're running a business here. Shut up. All right. You ready? Can you give me a couple seconds? Are we good? Steve, are we good? Lift your head up, motherfucker. All right. You ready? I'm going to give a couple seconds of dead air. Hey everyone! Sorry. <laughs> All right, think I'm, this probably wasn't too bad. It sounded really bad in my head. You're hammered, dude. Fuck you. Couple more seconds. Ready? Hey everyone! Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs> All right, one more time. One more time. One more time. You ready? You ready? Couple seconds of dead air here. Ready?
I hope you put all dead this. air. Dead you better air. put all this in there. I swear. Dead to God. air. Dead air. <laughs>